There we are. What's up, Sifters? <laughs> Sorry for the rough start there. We're a little out of practice. We were actually completely petrified that the TriCaster was really broken after all, but it seems to be working okay. Yeah, I mean, there have been some... Uh... Some shifts in in the equipment, so uh, the, the the buttons that worked before do not necessarily work the same way now. Oh, there's been lots of shifts right here. Let me tell you. I mean, you can just tell by looking behind us that uh, we're still not really up to speed. Uh, we're calling this the zombie episode of Game Face because it is back from the dead. Um, but we've got all our Pokemon. Yeah. <laughs> nobody nope, nobody wanted, took the Pokemon. No one wanted Pikachu for whatever reason. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's been a really crazy week and a half. Uh, just want to start off by once again thanking everybody for their support. Um, it's been incredible and humbling to see the response from everybody. Um, it sucks what happened to kind of make all the, the chain reactions be what they were. And coming back in today to shoot the show is really hard. I haven't spent a lot of time here since everything happened. Uh, it just feels really weird being here. You feel like you've kind of been violated a little bit. Um, just seeing the whole place disheveled and torn up and yeah, but we're moving forward. E3 is right around the corner, literally right around the corner. It actually kind of worked out for us that the show's been delayed because some crazy stuff has happened over the last like two days. It's like right. I was looking at a lot of, uh, the podcasts and video casts over the last couple of days that have been recorded earlier in the week. And, uh, they have a lot of old or false information in them at this point. A lot of predictions for things that have already been proven that we're going to happen or, or weren't going to happen. Uh, so it's kind of cool that we're uh, getting this show in right under the gun before E3 starts. Only really gives the, the show a day of shelf life, though, I would say that. Yeah, but some, everybody's got to do something tomorrow, right? We're, we're doing the best we can, by the way. The cameras never came in, so Sam, our TriCaster operator, was very nice to loan us one of his cameras. It's only a one-camera show, unfortunately. Um, we literally were setting this stuff up, like, at the last minute, uh, as you saw, we had a couple false starts to try to start the show. Uh, but we are here, and we're actually having a show, which feels good. Uh, feels good to kind of get back in the saddle and uh, get things going just in time for E3, I might add. So right off the top, there's just a couple little stories we want to mention before we get into the big six. The first one is, big story broke today, no PlayStation 4 Neo at E3. That's a weird one. Yeah, Sony did admit, announce, kind of, Andrew House, that Yes, it's, it's real. Coming. It's real, but you can't see it. Yeah, they're not showing it at E3. You think that's a good idea, Matt? I mean, I, let's start on the, on the premise, first of all, that it was ready and they could have shown it, which may not be the right. case, but let's, um, let's, let's operate under that premise. I mean, I guess the argument can be made to be confusing to consumers, especially depending on when they're going to launch it, but, like, if you don't do it now, when do you do it? Yeah. I mean, look, there's, there's so many shows. There's Gamescom and, like, they have yeah. PSX and all that stuff, but... Like, this is where you've got CNN and everybody's eyes and on And Yahoo you. and yeah. every major publication around the world, not just in America. Uh, it does seem like a missed opportunity. And the other side of that is, you know, what if Microsoft shows off the Scorpion or whatever the hell it is that they're calling their next The their Xbox next Hank Scorpio. Yeah, whatever it is. Uh, they could. Microsoft kind of has a chance to steal the show a little bit here, don't you think? Sort of. I mean, if by stealing the show, you mean here's your opportunity to spend a lot more money on a thing that should have been in the first place. Or on a thing that nobody wanted or doesn't seem to want right here, now. Here, spend a lot of money on a box that you can play everything on it on Windows 10. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, at least PlayStation Neo has some stuff you can't play on a computer. Yeah. Well, they did announce today there was a rumor floating around that Halo 5 was going to go to the PC, and Microsoft came out today and said, no, that's not the case. Although, I don't know how much I believe that, but... Yeah. And even if it is, like, oh, phew. Yeah. <laughs> it would, uh, 
look, if you, you can stay in the entertainment center now, Xbox One. Yeah, but I think for a lot of people who maybe only own an Xbox One, seeing all these exclusives go to PC is kind of like daggers to the heart. Yeah. It's like they made their decision. They, you know, a lot of people enjoyed their Xbox 360 last gen, and they're like, I'm going to support Microsoft again. And a lot of people are burned or are feeling burned. So, you know, to I see to see the exclusives go away, it. When you look back on the decision you made, you're like, well, crap, man. Like, like I, already... I, would, I mean, I, I would gladly play, like, Scalebound on my Xbox One, but if there's a PC version, I'm going to play that. And most people would if they so, have a decent PC. If you have the choice. I mean, not everybody does, but I'm going to be... You know, and, like, to me, as someone who played 360 a lot last gen, it's disappointing. It is. Yeah, so let's get back to PlayStation 4 Neo. We don't spend a ton of time mm-hmm. on this because we have so much to get to. We literally have, like, it's the longest rundown we've ever had, maybe. We're going to talk about it At ton. least since last E3. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're going to talk about a ton of games on this show. So let's operate under the premise now that the machine wasn't done. Is that a surprise to you? Because, you know, developers had the documentation for this thing months and months ago. And yeah. I mean, I would think, like, I, I'm expecting this E3 to be kind of a VR blowout yeah. for Sony. And, like, as such, you would think you'd want your new hardware that's kind of, you know, whether they admit it or not, designed to run the VR properly yeah. uh, alongside it. So I wonder what happened. I mean, you know. I mean, I, it could I think, still come out in the... In Q4, it could still be in Q4. I mean, there's 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 time to produce the units at least at least an initial shipment yeah. for the holiday season. But um, it's it's surprising to me that it, it would be surprising to me that it, if it wasn't done because they. I mean, it's not like E3 is a shock. Yeah, you know, you know it's coming. You know when it is. So, but you know, production problems are inevitable, as we just saw uh, at the top of the show. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the other interesting thing that Andrew House mentioned today was that. They are not going to discontinue the old PlayStation 4. Mm-hmm. It is going to live alongside the Neo, or whatever it's ultimately called. That, to me, was a big surprise. Yeah, I would have th- expected them to kind of phase it out. So, I I mean, not like pull it from the shelves, but like... Lower the price, yeah. liquidate it, and then just have Neo come in Neo and take over. Neo will be the new PlayStation right. 4, yeah. I, so if that's not the plan, I'm supp- I mean, I wonder how much... Maybe that is the plan, and they just don't want to tell people that are thinking about buying a PS4, like, oh, go ahead, go, go out and buy the obsolete model. You know, that this, could be. Not something you want to announce until, you know, you've already got Christmas money, you know. Takes a big chunk out of the hype for E3 for me. I mean, even though it wasn't like, oh, is there going to be a new controller? Like, I wasn't wondering, wondering any of that. Mm. But I do want to see, like, the form factor and see how they present it. And I wanted to see the first games running on it. Maybe show us Uncharted mm. 4 running on it. Yeah. Because we all have a frame of reference for that game. Right. If they show it running on the Neo, you can be like, wow. It, I can like, see wow, the different. difference. Yeah. yeah. So it, it definitely takes some steam out of E3. And we'll get to the the steam of E3 later on in the show. That's something I kind of want to discuss as well. Uh, but let's move on. Uh, Persona Five delayed into early next year. Mm-hmm. Fantasy Draft dead, Shit. dead in the water. Dead completely. Hippity hoppity, Bloodborne's on its way. Yeah, it sure is. <laughs> I'm already dreading that. I really don't want to do it at all. But yeah, my fantasy oh, it's team gonna is going to be a ton of fun. My fantasy team is done, and it really sucks too because I was talking to a rep from Atlas not that long ago, and he swore to me that it was coming out this year in the U.S. Yeah. I mean, long after I had drafted it or whatever, but we were, like, hanging out in line waiting to get in, and uh, I was like, so, you know, Persona coming out? And he's like, oh, it's coming out. It'll make it this year. And I was like, are you sure? And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, you're good. No. Nope. 
It's not going to miss it by much either. My two games are not missing it by much. No, and Horizon and, Zero Dawn is one of mine, and we're missing that same yeah. amount. Yeah, Andromeda is coming out like a month or two after the year turns over, and the same case with Persona, Persona 5. And Horizon, they're all fe- February's a good, February 2017 is going to be a good month. Yeah, someone like. said it on Sifted this week, Q1's a new Q4. <laughs> Maybe we need to adjust our draft year, yeah. so it'll account for that. But uh, change the draft for this year to draft 2017, like Madden. Right, to, right. To spill over. Yeah. Um, so a new game was debuted this week, Agents of Mayhem. Mm-hmm. Um, new game from the studio behind Saints Row. Set in the Saints Row universe. Set in the like. Saints Row universe. Looks like looks a next-gen Saints Row yeah. to me. I wouldn't be surprised if ultimately it really is just a Saints Row game. Yeah, well, it looks like a future in which um, the Saints Row uh, gang has become like a high-tech Agents of Mayhem right. team or something. Yeah. You know, like, and they're fighting a guy who's sort of a supervillain Bond kind of comic book scientist guy. I mean, I mean, I like it. I mean, he's also sort of a wizard. Um, I mean, I like it. Uh, do you like the Saints Row games? I guess I we do. should start there. I so do, do like I. the Saints Row games. I feel like they're an underappreciated and, series uh, of games. I'm, I mean, the fandom is of two minds on it, but I prefer the Saints Row's, Row games as they get crazier. Yeah, yeah. Because um, I know there's people that think Saints Row 2 is like the pinnacle because that was the straightest. Right. They played it while differentiating it itself from GTA more than the first one did. But uh, for me, like, I thought they were on the right track in the, in Saints Row the third where they got pretty weird. And then when Saints Row 4 where they just went completely batshit crazy, like, I loved that game. See, I could maybe understand back when Saints Row 2 came out having that perspective because mm-hmm. back then there weren't that many open world games. Right. And so, you know, to say... Okay, I want something different from GTA. At that point, you're a beggar, and beggars can't be choosers. Mm-hmm. So to me, you know, Saints Row 2, I can understand why people would say that's their favorite, because back then, it didn't matter whether it was different from GTA. They just needed more open world games. Yeah. Now, the perspective is different, because open world is like the status quo Everybody at this point. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, like, I would much prefer something more tongue-in-cheek, something a little more... I mean, not that GTA isn't tongue-in-cheek, but something a little more outlandish and over-the-top is kind of an antithesis of that. If I was going to... If I were Volition and I was going to try to, like, please both camps, I would do what looked like a total reboot to, like, you know, back-to-basics Saints Row 2 kind of stuff, but the characters all know it's a reboot. Yeah, and they're all and they're all <laughs> they're irri- self-aware. They're all self-aware, and they're all irritated. They can't like fly and shoot fireballs and stuff <laughs> through the whole thing. And like as the as the game goes on, they start cheating. Yeah, yeah. And by the end, it's just as crazy as it was before because all the characters refuse to like be restrained by these rules, yeah. and so it goes even further afield by the end of it. I'm really surprised to see this game debuted before E3 because look, we get lots of game debuts the week before E3. There's mm-hmm. been a ton of them that have been on Sifted. But yeah, this, this seems, is this yeah. one wouldn't have got swallowed up by E3. Like people still no. would have noticed this game. And it seems like a game that like it's a no-brainer for either Microsoft or Sony to premiere this at their press conference. It seems like a somebody could have made a deal to, you know, blow it out at one of the press conferences. Which makes me wonder if, you know, they f- they fished the game around and had no takers. Yeah. And they're like, okay, we're not getting in a press conference. Maybe they would get swallowed up if they aren't in a press conference then. Maybe with this, tr- I mean, I'm excited about it because I trust these guys to make something I enjoy playing. I don't think this trailer really sets the world on fire. Yeah. Um, you know, it's... Well, it's, it's a CG trailer, right? Yeah. It's not in And game. CG trailers, you know, I think... Uh, at the very least, the 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 real you know the core um, enthusiast audience, which I you know is most of the people watching this show, most of the people watching the press conferences, live streams, I would think, 
Um, I don't think I think they're wise to CG trailers. I think we don't yeah. we don't trust this stuff anymore yeah. to the same degree. Right. And like it's like we look at it, it's like okay, cool, the art design, the game, the player, you know, the player design, whatever. Um, but show me the game. Yeah, you know. So, and I'm sure we'll get a demo. And, well, yeah, we'll in see some something. way, shape, or form. They'll put out like a developer walkthrough or something like that. But. I don't know. I'm pretty much an auspicious I'm, debut for me. I'm into I mean, it. I'm glad Volition's got something in the pipeline. Like, I'll, I'll play anything those guys make, basically. Yep. I, I really enjoy their, their uh, sensibility. Yep. So, rumors swirling this week, Devil May Cry 5 mm-hmm. may be mm-hmm. shown at E3. Yeah, and I actually noticed something. Uh, I don't know if you saw that. Like, there's a the, the top secret Musou game is being yeah, shown by Koei, yeah. and like the, all it is is like a like a it's like a text thing that says like you know I guess it says like the the baddest game, which is like I guess tr- actually translates as like the evilest game or something. Yeah. And the text, the Japanese text, is very reminiscent of the Devil May Cry. Oh really? Black with glowing red behind it. There's a lot of people that think it's a Berserk game, like which would on, be awesome. On the like, manga, like the old school. M- yeah. Based on Berserk and like like super like M rated like bloody like, like the bloodiest Musou game ever made. Well, I think so. It could actually, be that too. I think but it Koei really Tecmo. reminded me. Of, it really reminded me of Devil May Cry. The the font they're using. Well, I think Koei Tecmo has gone on record saying it is going to be like the bloodiest one ever. Yeah. That it's going to be like hyper violent like and I think that's debuted tomorrow. Maybe? Yeah. I mean Berserk would make sense for that. So but like I mean that I, I just remind me of Devil May Cry but maybe Devil May Cry 5 is just on my mind. Yeah. Cuz it was some it was it was somebody had a had Devil May Cry 5 on their resume a voice actor yeah. or something. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's usually that's, a pretty get, good sign. We, we, a lot of leaks <laughs> come through resumes. I mean if it doesn't come from Amazon Europe it comes from it comes from a resume a lot of times. Now do you want DMC five to go back in house in Japan, or do you want it to be developed in the West like the last one? I don't know. That's a tough I, one. I really don't. Like, I don't know who. It depends who they're gonna give it to. I mean, I yeah. know most people would say like give it to Platinum. Yeah. Um, I'm not thoroughly impressed. As long by as it's Platinum's A team. Yeah, as long as it's the Bayonetta <laughs> team, <right>. sure. <laughs> Um, but I don't know. I don't know what the situation is over there. I mean, that would make sense. Yeah. I don't know if Capcom has anybody in house that could handle that. Uh, I don't even know who's in house at Capcom anymore. Well, because they don't make any games right. anymore. <laughs> I would prefer the. I liked DMC Devil May Cry. I thought it was a good game. Mm-hmm. I thought it lost a little bit of that weird quirkiness that the series had before it yeah. when it was made in Japan. Um, so I personally would like to see it go back to. Mm-hmm. The developers who worked on right. the prior installments. I mean, I think mine is Devil May Cry too, of course. Right. Well, I'm, well I mean, I, I think maybe it's time. You know, as, I'm not a huge Devil May Cry fan, but like, I do think Devil May Cry Three is the pinnacle of that series. Yeah. It's definitely the tightest gameplay and combat design. Yeah. Um, the, or at least like the the most skill driven, I would say. Um, and maybe it's kind of time to admit that we're never going to get back there. Yeah. You know, like I I don't I think. That might have just been like a lightning in the bottle, sort of the the time where you had that dev team with that publisher in that time period on that game system. You know, it was just like yeah. the perfect time. Devil May Cry Three was the perfect time for Devil May Cry Three, and I don't know if we're ever going to get back there in this time where you have to have these games appeal to a much wider audience. I enjoyed and, Devil May Cry Four, but I also, I like Four, but Three is Three is something special. Yeah, th- that was the sweet spot for that franchise, without a doubt. So we'll see. Hopefully, we'll hear something from Capcom. Not like it's going to have a press conference or anything like that at E3. Uh, last thing we're going to talk about is Injustice Two. Mm-hmm. So didn't surprise me at all. No, I mean there were also leaks about yeah. the leaks before this year have been insane. Yeah, but like, it makes me wonder if like, have we seen everything of note, or is like are the leaks because there's even crazier stuff to come? Could be. Um, I hope there's even crazier stuff to come. 
But yeah, so Injustice is kind of turning into Nether Realms like every other game. Yeah, uh, yeah, like they're, they're, they're alternating they're between MK combat, and Injustice, yeah. MK and, and Injustice. Uh, debut trailer for me, all CG. Yeah, uh, it's very, it's super dark, and everybody's got like Iron Man armor now. You I can hardly like, even this trailer's so dark, you can hardly even see what the hell's going on. Yeah, like, and I guess like Tron Legacy must have been a much bigger hit in the yeah. DC universe <laughs> than it was here, because like everybody's cosplaying. Well, I think a big element of the game is the whole armor thing. Yeah, and it's weird. Like the lights seem to turn different colors. Maybe they like. Are triggers to tell you when to initiate attacks? I don't know. We're just—it's all conjecture. We're just... I don't know. I think I figure it's going to be this game's equivalent of changing stances or yeah. styles in Mortal Kombat. You know, like Mortal Kombat, you can pick the three different versions of the character. But like previous Mortal Kombat's have had uh, stance switching as like a big element of the game, yeah. or pulling the weapon or whatever. And I figure that that's going to be a similar mechanic with because if you see Batman. Starts out a certain way, and then he whips out the kind of green glowing armor right here, and suddenly he, you know, suddenly he's got the, tron, the green Tron, and then by the end of the trailer, he pulls on the full suit. Right. So I would figure there's probably like, you know, three levels of armoring up, and like I, you know, I bet you you move faster or whatever with like with no armor on, but you can take more damage if you have a whole. I mean, I get what they're doing there. Like I just. Just get to the gameplay. You know, like I want to see it play. We get it tomorrow. Yeah. Actually, actually, for most of the people who aren't watching the live stream, it'll be today because you'll be watching this on Saturday. There is gameplay going up on Saturday. The first look at the game. What I found interesting about this was that nobody knew who Aquaman was. I saw <laughs> so many comments. They're like, "Who is Poor that Aquaman. dude?" But it doesn't look like Aquaman. Like, well, it he, looks like Aquaman if you're familiar with the comics and kind of what they're about to do with uh, right. Jason Momoa in the movie right. and all that. I mean, if you saw the. The Batman vs Superman, where the YouTube video uh, <laughs> that yeah. happened, like that was that's pretty much what he looks like. But yeah. uh, but most people don't think of Aquaman. You know, most people think of the the dork, the blonde dork with the uh, the the orange shirt. Yeah, and, yeah. It's, it's he's, he's he's a little different now. Yeah, they've re- they've spent a long time at DC trying to make Aquaman not lame. Yeah, I never minded Aquaman though. He's different. Yeah, he controls fish. Like. <laughs> He rules over 70% of the planet. He does, yeah. He can pull some scary <laughs> shit out of the ocean he if he can, wanted to. Yeah, I mean, for think sure. about it. I know, I know. He's just That's why I liked him. He was always different and quirky, and his outfit was always goofy. And, <laughs> but yeah, a lot of people were having problems recognizing him. So those are the topics we wanted to talk about off the top. Um, yeah, it's going to be uh, crazy next few days, week. Mm-hmm. I guess it's probably going to be ultimately by the time it's all said and done. Uh, just a note before we, we move on. Uh, E3 schedule, what we're going to be doing for E3 will be posted on Sifted tomorrow, Saturday. Uh, it'll have times and everything to let you know what we're doing. Uh, Matt, you're going to be here on E3, right? Yes. I am, uh, I'm not going to have to call we're, Daniel Kaiser no, we're not, and like we're not gonna repeat and bring him in year. through like Skype or anything, right? No. no I am, He's, uh, you heard it here first. He's going to be here. No, 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 no crisis of appearance. No surprise disappearance like no. right before. So, yeah. So, I think that's it. It's time to get to the big six. All right, so after you watch this show, you're going to have no questions about what you're going to see at E3 other than the surprises. That's kind of the goal here, to prep you, to get you ready, what you should know and and expect to see at the show from six different publishers. We had to cut a couple guys out. It did hurt my soul a little bit to not have a Nintendo topic, Hmm. but... I was like looking at it, and I'm like, well, I can include like EA or Ubisoft or Bethesda or Nintendo, and it's like the Nintendo segment would have lasted like 10 seconds. Mm-hmm. So we would have said Zelda, and that's Zelda. pretty much all there is. And we're and Pokemon Sun and Moon. Yeah, and we're psyched as hell for Zelda, and to a lesser extent, Pokemon, but we can't 
bolster a whole topic of the big six talking about Zelda. Yeah. So, really excited about it, but unfortunately, Nintendo did not make the cut. So, first of all, we're going to talk about Sony. Probably the press conference everyone is most excited for, certainly, without a doubt, was the best press conference at last year's E3. Oh, yeah. Probably one of the best ever at E3. Going to be hard to top it. Generated a lot of memes, for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, people are still talking about some of the reaction shots of people watching oh, yeah. the Sony press conference. and The game trailer's reaction gifts yeah. continue to flow. Yeah. Even uh, you and I, pretty moved by a lot of the stuff in there. We didn't jump oh, up yeah. on our chairs or anything like that. I don't know if anything would ever make me do that for a video, video well, game, no. to be perfectly honest. I, mean, but... I had a TriCaster to run. I, yeah, would, I couldn't right. stand up. Yeah, exactly. So... Headphones would have pulled out. So... <laughs> <laughs> So, and you, you let, you're a big fan of Shenmue as well. Oh, I never so. thought I'd see Shenmue 3 at a freaking E3 press conference. Are you yeah. kidding? Yeah, it definitely dropped both our jaws. We just didn't dance around. I was, I mean, I was like place. kind of like shocked that they actually did the Final Fantasy 7 remake. Yeah. But that was more of a like, you know, I don't really like Final Fantasy 7 very yeah. much because I was 22 <laughs> when it came out. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I was like super happy for the people that, have, you know, that were fans of that as kids and now they get like this update. I mean, obviously there's been some drama about it It looks like then. a completely different game. Yeah, but I'm like, I was happy for the people that want, have been wanting that forever. But like Shenmue 3 just like blew me away. Yep. So let's start going through some of the games here that Sony is going to show. Horizon Zero Dawn. We already mentioned game yeah. delayed until next next year. Um, how do you feel about that, Matt? You got a mic problem? Okay. I'm not surprised that it was delayed. No. Because um, we haven't seen much of it. They could have shown another demo at E3 that still would have been only two little patches of gameplay that we would have seen. Um, yeah, I mean... I'm I not was... even really all that disappointed because Q4 is shaping up to be something really awesome already. Yeah, I mean, I was looking forward to it. It was one of the few uh, risks I took in the Fantasy League um, where I just uh, was really hoping it was going to make it because it really seemed uh, in good shape at E3 last year and at Gamescom. And I was just kind of hoping they were further along than I wanted to believe they were. Um, but, you know, uh, clearly they're going to blow it out to some degree. This You're going to show some new stuff at E3 this year. Uh, and I'm happy to see more of it. I mean, whatever they need to do to get it done. I'm excited that Gorilla finally gets to make something that isn't uh, Killzone. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, let them do it upright. Let them break out of that mold and uh, give it to me when it's ready. Yeah, I would. that's exactly what I would say. Like, let them finish it right. Yeah. Like, I don't want to, like, play a half-baked game, especially when it's Gorilla, um, you know, a developer that doesn't have a lot of experience making games like this in the first place. It makes mm-hmm. me a little nervous that they're the ones working on this. Not from a technical perspective. Um, obviously, their games have always looked great. They just haven't always played the best. So, any amount of time they're willing to give them, I'm cool with that. I'm totally fine with them getting some extra time to make it good and make it right. Um, the premise is awesome. Uh, what yep. we've seen of it so far has been awesome. Just hopefully keep Nine on keeping awesome. on. Yeah, I, I actually already pre-ordered the collector's edition because I think the statue of her looks really cool. Yeah, yeah. So... Um... Yeah, I'm in the tank for this one, basically. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll admit to it. I got tanked by this one. Or actually, you did. <laughs> because you had him on your fantasy team. All right, let's talk about Detroit Become Human. Mm. This game, saw it once, haven't seen it again. I did see a report saying that it is going to be at E3. So it's going to be there. Okay. This is the David Cage? It is, yes. Uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I love the premise. 
uh, it's, I think it's a very interesting idea, and I hope it's not too derivative of Ex Machina, the movie that we got last I'd year. be okay with that, actually. But, again, yeah, mind, it's though, not like we're saturated with that kind of content. Keep in mind, this game started out as just a tech demo. Right. And then people splooged all over the tech demo so much that they're like, well, let's just make a whole game. Yeah. Which did not happen with their wizard demo. Right. Which, actually, I would probably rather have maybe the wizard demo. Although the, the tech demo for this was awesome, man. Like, yeah. There's, there's, there's a really interesting thing. You know, it's like David Cage always tries to, maybe it's Kaja. Kage? I don't, I don't remember. I heard a different... Oh, really? Yeah, His name's not Cage? I, I, cool, because he's French. I Kage, maybe? Kaja is, I Kaja. think, what I heard. Interesting. Is, um, I've never so heard that. I, I may have been David pronouncing Cage. his name wrong for years. You and everybody else. But, um... Like, he tries to make his games, you know, about something. Yeah. Capital A, capital S. Yeah. Um, and... I don't think he always succeeds. Yeah. But, like, this is a really interesting premise and a really interesting theme to explore. And, um... Going to become more and more relevant. You know, there's people that are predicting that in 10 years, Google's primary revenue is going to be selling AIs. Oh yeah, but, I mean, and that like what was I can't remember who it was, but someone it was a it was a tech guy who said you know 10 years ago when he you know was talking to the head of Google uh, about like what do you you know what do you do and it was it was on NPR it was a, it was a tech reporter who was like saying like. Um, uh, I was talking to the guy who ran, who ran Google, and I'm like, what are you doing with search engines? Who cares about search engines? We have Alta Vista. Nobody needs another search <laughs> engine. Um, and the guy, and the, the Google guy said, whose name I should know, but I don't remember it right now, uh, he, he basically said, um, the point is to build a search engine for the world that then lets us inform an AI. Of, like, the, whole, the whole goal of Google has been to build Skynet the wow. whole time. I mean, that's, what, that's what's happening. That's insane. And so as that happens, and as you see Japan make these more and more eerily realistic humanoid and androids, eventually those two roads are going to intersect, yeah. and this shit's going to happen. Yeah. And I'm looking forward to being an old grandpa oppressing cybernetic life forms. <laughs> you know, because, With zero guilt. Yeah, because, you know, <laughs> we're going to hit that point where it's just like, you know, like your daughter's dragging home some kind of cyborg dude, and you're just like, no, you, you don't bring that... You don't bring that, you know, cyber jerk back here and just, oh, Dad, you're such a humanist. That word meant something different last time <laughs> when I was a kid. You're such a humanist. So. What I would say about David Cage, Kage, Kage, whatever Kaja, you want to call it. What, uh, the thing about his games is the, the Larry, concepts. Larry Page, that's who it was. Thank you, Tapiox. The concepts are always intriguing, and they hook me in, but then I actually play the game. Right. And that's where I'm always let down with his games. So, and that's a very important part of a game. It generally the part. to some people. Well, I mean, The Walking Dead didn't win Game of the Year one year, so it's not that important true. to everybody. That I'm, how I'm much, certainly. How much must that have pissed off David Cage? Yeah. <laughs> he's like, <laughs> hey, come on! Yeah, exactly. I had Ellen Page. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. He probably was really pissed off when he saw that, but. Uh, I don't know. Hopefully they'll demo it. I'm assuming they're going to demo the game on stage at E3. I would think so. I mean, it seems like a good demoable demo game. It, I mean, it looks beautiful. I mean, walking simulators, if that's what this game ends, ends up being, are not demo-friendly. No, but if it, you, you can pick a certain section that will like show some stuff off and show the visuals off, and I think it'll, it'll, be, a good, uh, it'll be a good wow moment. Because, I mean, you know, again, like you say... These games are kind of walking simulators in, in the sense that you control what the player is doing and where they are so strongly that, that you can like, you know, you can blow a lot of budget on the on the graphics for them. Oh yeah, and his games usually look gorgeous. Oh yeah. So, you know, so, I mean, it, I mean, it, it might at least be one for the graphics. Holders. Oh yeah, it's, I mean, it's on my radar. You know, 
the, you, all you Order 1886 fans, yeah, buckle here you up. go. <laughs> um, I mean, it's it's on my radar because again, I think we've talked about this before, but it's like even when he fails, I appreciate what he's what David Cage is trying to do. Yeah, and one of these days he's going to do it. Yeah, <laughs> and maybe this will be it. And I'm totally fine if this game has a plot like like Ex Machina. That's yeah. my film of the year last year. I'm totally cool with that. I so. think this is going to be a really interesting. Uh, for lack of a better term, double feature with Deus Ex Mankind Divided. Yeah, because similar vein. Definitely. Similar vein, similar concept, different sides of the coin, though. I wouldn't be surprised if we don't get Detroit until next year. Though. I would think not. I, like I could, late next year. Like I mean, Q4 we, next year. We've done this before. I mean, Quantic Dream makes very impressive technological stuff, but uh, they're, not the, they're not the guy you want to call to pick you up at the airport. <laughs> exactly. It, it takes time. Yeah. Uh, let's see, The Last Guardian. Finally, this w- this well. should be, Matt, its last ever trade show showing. I mean, it, we hope. it could hit Tokyo Game Show. Yeah. It could. You think we'll get a release date? Oh, yeah. At the very least, we're going to get a release date for this game. I wouldn't even be surprised if they're like, it comes out in like a month. Like, I really wouldn't. Like, I could see... I mean, the game's been in development for, like... Don't make me pick between The Last Guardian and La- No Man's Sky. I That's mean, not it, right. Look, at a certain point, they got to call it, right? Right. Like, I mean, they've it's been working happen. on the game for, like, ten years. It's like, there's nothing... Like, they, IGN's been doing a bunch of exclusive coverage on the game. I don't know if you've watched it or not, but it's actually been really interesting. I'm shocked there hasn't been more interest in IGN's coverage on Sifted, like... I didn't. I haven't seen any of that. Yeah, they did like a whole series of exclusive interviews and mm. had new gameplay and everything. And like everyone was just kind of like, eh. Like I'm just wondering if like the interest in this game is just people have just given up on it at this point. I, think I mean, to me, I mean, part of it is like I don't want to just see everything because I, I love the Team Eco games and I, yeah. you know, it's, I've waited 11 years and I'd prefer to just experience <laughs> some of my own. You yeah. know, I'm not an anti-spoiler guy, but like at this point, I'm just like, yes, I'm gonna buy it. I don't need to see anything else. Just let's go. But. um... Yeah, part of it is also like, it's like, yeah, call me when it's like shipping. Yeah, it's, it's like, I, call me when the, when Amazon has put it in the mail, and uh, we'll talk. You know, because until then, like, what else is there to say? Yeah, well, you're not going to convince me to buy it any harder. So, like, let's just get on with it. Well, one thing I would say, like, they uh, they added, they actually divulged a lot of inform- new information yeah. to IGN. Like, it sounds, it's like it's a lot of a puzzle game in a lot of mm-hmm. ways. Like, figuring out how to maneuver. You can even see it in this demo. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of eco to this. Yeah, which is totally fine. Which is fine, yeah. Yeah. Um, I do wonder, like, for the people like me who've been waiting for... I mean, can this game live up to anything? I mean, is it it inevitably going to be like, well, that wasn't worth waiting a decade for? Well, I think no matter what... You've got to keep some expectations in check I think even Half-Life 3 probably wouldn't be worth waiting. No, I don't think any video game is worth waiting a decade for, in my opinion. No. Um... But at the same time, like, my impressions of Talking this game... Talking to you, Final Fantasy XV fans. Yeah, exactly. My my opinion of this game has gone up, and then down, and then up, and then down. And now to the world, I'm just kind of apathetic. Like, yeah. Like, it's like it's, I really feel like until I press that start button, like, I'm still going to be kind of like, mm-hmm. I yeah. think when I do hit that start sure. button, a smile will crack yeah. across my face, though. Like, I, I am now anticipating that moment, and I honestly do not think it will be that long. One thing I would say is Horizon getting bumped into next year does lead me to believe that maybe this is like Sony's big Q4 game. Maybe? Because um, their Q4 last year was terrible. Oh, it was. And, and I mean, so much so that Andrew House came out and was like, yeah, our lineup's terrible. Um, like, um, yeah, unless the big one is the next game we're yeah. going to talk about. Yeah. Which is 
which possible? could very well be. And that game is God of War 4. Um, all but confirmed to be in yeah. development. Um, We've been concept art of Kratos with pants on and yeah. everything. I mean, it's <laughs> Kratos in pants. Revolutionary. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, man. I, I honestly felt like God of War 3, by the time I got to the end of it, I kind of burned out on the series yeah. a little bit. Like, and it, then I it, played... it took me an effort to get to the end of God of War 3, if I'm being honest. Well, there also, if you played it early, and there was that one section at the end mm. that was like almost impossible. And then I think Adam complained about it, and they nerfed it. Isn't that right? That sounds right. I think yeah. Adam Sessler complained about the end of the game on Twitter or something, and it got like 5,000 retweets or something, and then they were like, yeah, we should nerf that. Mm. I played it before they nerfed it. It was not fun. Mm. But yeah, by the end of that game, like I just felt like I was kind of dragging my ass to the finish line. Yeah. Well, the other thing I was like... I really... I think the, the first like 20 minutes of God of War 3 are like... Some of the most like impressive like action gaming ever, and I don't think that I don't think the game ever hits that point again. Yeah. I think the re- I mean it goes up and down. Like the fight against Kronos is really cool. Like yeah. there's a lot of really cool scenes, but there's a point at which like when you're like you know dragging stuff through the Hades like maze thing, yeah. and you're like, man, how did I go from fighting giant horses made to of this. water to this? Yeah, you know, it, it, there's, there's, a, <laughs> there's a there's a few Ebbs valleys, and flows. Yeah, yeah, peaks and valleys in that game. Um, but I mean. I think God of War is still going to be a draw, and uh, fighting something other than the Greek gods, if they really go with the Viking stuff, is going to be cool. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm up for it. I mean, i got to say, like, Ascension... Did you finish Ascension? I don't remember anything about Ascension. I, I barely I remember playing it. Through, yeah. Like, he doesn't even talk in it, almost. Like, yeah. it's, it was like... I, that was probably a conscious decision, though, because they probably didn't want this other studio to sabotage the story or mess with Kratos's, you know, mythos in any sort of way. Um, I think that might have been by design, but you're right. Like, you know, that game in particular really... I don't remember hardly anything about it. No. It's like God of War Ascension and Gears of War Judgment are both, like, lost games to me. Like, yeah. I played them, but I... I don't. Rem- I, I generally don't remember they exist until we yeah. start talking about like, hey, remember those games you don't remember? It's like, yeah, yeah, those two games. The one thing I would say is that I want to see the graphics in God of War Four. Yeah. The gore. Oh yeah. I mean, I want to see some anatomical detail. I mean, whoa! If think about what they did with the PlayStation Three. Yeah. I mean, the one scene where they're ripping the guy's, like, head apart. Like, that is, is disgusting, but it really is some of the most impressive, mm-hmm. like, graphics from or last like the, generation. the disemboweling of the centaur. Yeah. Yeah, there's some I mean, imagine what they're going to do with the PlayStation 4. Like... I can't even imagine. I mean, it, it'll be... I'm assuming it'll be kind of on that same level as Uncharted. Yeah. One of those like, games um, that people just buy to, like, show their system off to friends. Or, like, Mortal Kombat... 10 where like you kind of had that point where some people were like horribly disgusted by it and yeah. some of it, like I was just like that's hilarious yeah. you know like you either get the joke or you don't a lot of it combat. depends on perspective yeah. yeah it's like if you're into that kind of like if you watched horror movies or martial arts movies like for like the, the, the gore and the and the crazy like schlocky like you know the bright red blood like as the as the kung fu master punches through the guy's stomach and just right. like you know, punches through the very obvious dummy and like just just like bright red blood everywhere yeah. and the really cheesy sound effects. Like, yeah, yeah, like that's that's what you're after on that. Yeah. Um. So I th- I think that stuff's really funny. But so I got a war. Got a war's kills are sort of an equal part. Like oh, and sort of like, yeah, like some you know it's 
It's a heavy metal album cover coming to life in yeah. some ways. So I think, you know, there's going to be interest in the game no matter what. Yeah. I mean, it's I mean, I don't expect war. it to, set the, to change anything. It's probably going to be the same old uh, formula. Um, I don't know what you can really do to make God of War feel fresh. Yeah. But we'll see. Well, I mean, some of the concept art, I don't know if that's fresh or not, but no, I mean, it's it, definitely a little different at least. A little different. I mean, it may. It, I think they should have made the move to a new pantheon a couple games ago. Yeah. You know, I, I think each one should have been, but... So, let's move on. Shenmue 3. So, so Shenmue... A little weird, maybe, to mention this in the Sony section of the show, um, but it was debuted at Sony's press conference last year, and uh, so I feel like there's kind of an association with it. Sony also kind of promoted it, you know, by promoting the Kickstarter for it. So I felt like I wanted to talk about Shenmue 3 in the show. I didn't really know where to put it. We weren't doing, like, a general, like, third-party topic for the big six, so I just kind of shoehorned it in here. Um, we are doing predictions at the end. After our trailer of the week, we're going to do our E3 predictions. And one of my predictions that did not end up making the cut for my list is that Shenmue 3 will be one of the most disappointing games disappointing games of E3 2016. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if you've seen like the footage of it so I've far. I've seen some of it. What, what, what's your impressions of it so far, what you've seen? Um... It looks better than like the you know the Kickstarter videos they yeah. were showing. You know the, the target renders like it's clearly they, I think they've made a pretty decent looking game. Um, but there's part of like a large part of me just expects it to kind of be um, like on the level of something like I don't know if anyone's following the game the Technomancer. Yeah, we've seen like yeah. that. That's been hosted a couple times on Sifted. The yeah, last the, the, couple the, days. the uh, E3 trailer for it came out today. Yeah, like because I played uh, Mars Warlogs, the, which is the game by the same developer, the last game they made, which is in the same universe as yeah. the Technomancer. And it was like kind of like a like a action RPG with like sort of, you know, melee combat, but it was like, it was kind of like one of those old B-list games that don't get made anymore. And like, you could tell there was like heart in it. There was like, you know, there was the people who made that really wanted to make something. They didn't, they, it was kind of like Mass Effect with like this, the polish taken off it. And I feel like Shenmue's going to end up being something like that, like a B, a B game. Yeah. That like is going to feel like it was made by people who really believe in what they were making, but it's just not on the level that like the AAA stuff is. But like the the flip side of that is like the Shenmue games in their day were AAA. They games. were, yeah, for sure. So I think there's going to be you know the, the the march of time is going to result in Shenmue three being inevitably feeling like a smaller or less impressive. Uh, less impressive game than the originals. I don't th- think I don't think I'm going to get the same like wow I can't believe this is a real thing rush that I got from the sh- like Shenmue one and two. Yeah, you know it's going to be more of a uh, I guess the word maybe like workman like uh, experience where it's just like well at least that's finished. Well, here's the questions I have. One, when was the last time you Suzuki shipped a game? Virtual Fighter Four. I don't. I don't know. I think that was it. That was a long time ago. It was. When was the last time? Well, that I was. The second question was going to be when was the last time he shipped a good game? But Virtual Fighter Four was amazing. Virtual so. Fighter. I, I, I have not been. I'm not entirely clear on his how, I, the the depth of his involvement with the last couple Virtual Fighters. Right. I, I mean, I, I don't, they I don't put know. his name on them, but right. how much did he actually work on them? I mean. I don't know. I feel like people are getting all excited over something that could end up being... Yeah, I mean, you know, it's a little inevitable when you're dealing with... I mean, look, 
I'm I'm pretty sure I'm going to come away from the Shenmue Kickstarter more satisfied than I am coming away from the uh, Star Citizen Kickstarter, for instance. You really? Know? Um, well, I think Star Citizen is becoming more and more like, I don't know if they're ever going to turn that thing into something that's like... I'm really starting to it, wonder. And it's some, I mean, just like, you know, just having played some of the alpha and stuff, so like you're playing like the... The on foot stuff and like the you know the guns don't shoot anything yet you know yeah. like, like there's you can't see anyone's bullets and like people float around on stuff and they don't like die they just sort of stop and and you can't see anyone else's gun and yeah. and I'm just like I know it's an alpha I know it's early but it's like how is this not for and it's like if yeah. you can't even get that right why even let's make the ships work people they do Q and A's with their fans every day yeah like we see them come into the sifted admin and we don't post them because no one seems to care like mm-hmm. we the times we have curated them like no well, i'm at the point where I, you know I, I'm, I'm a backer so i get the the newsletters right. and i continually just like delete delete i'm just like until i see something in that title that says you know playable playable beta at <laughs> yeah. least like i'm i'm i'll check in once in a while but yeah. that's it and like you know i feel like shenmue 3 is going to at least be you know as having played shenmue recently it's at least going to be a follow-up to that that I recognize and understand will work in a very similar manner. Yeah. Whereas, like, you know, I, th- I think there's a couple other things that are not going to live up in worse ways. Uh, but I think you're right that the world has moved on from that. And if they aren't updating the Shenmue concept and gameplay to a degree that might make it feel not like Shenmue. Yeah. But is that a bad thing? You know, like, like those games are weird to play now. I they think are... this might be a case of be careful what you ask for because you just True. might get it. Like, True. Uh, I, I mean, I'm, I'm. I feel a... like everyone is hyped over this game has not played Shenmue in the last like ten years. Like, I played. I mean, I I'm in for like I don't even remember what I I think I must have played at least like 150 bucks on this thing. Yeah. Because I'm a big Shenmue fan, but I played the Shenmue games last summer, and um, it's rough. They're rough. Man. It's like I mean. There were moments in the, especially in the first game, where I'm just like, I, just pick up the fucking orange. Like yeah. I can't get you to pick up the fuck. Like I'm just maneuvering around the table until the damn A button comes up, and yeah. it's just it's not, it's not working. It's yeah. not working. And then I go to pick, and like, what does he do? He just sort of pick and goes. And, I'm, and, and there's a, there was a moment where I, because I I thought it was something I was trying to pick up that was important, and it turned out just being like an object he could look at, and I'm yeah. just like. That's ten seconds from my life. Yeah, like, that's gone. We'll never like, that's get gone. It back. I'm yeah. never, I'm never gonna have that. I'm gonna be on my deathbed and think about that time I picked an orange up in Shenmue by accident. That's like David Kaje's <laughs> games. <laughs> so yeah, um, the Shenmue has some problems, dude. Like I'm, I'm just saying, I don't. I, I wonder what they're gonna do with Shenmue Three to make it feel accessible to a modern audience. Because I, I am a total Shenmue fanboy, and the old games are barely accessible to me now. Yeah, because just. I mean, just interfaces and user inter- user interfaces, not just user uh, just controls, but user interfaces and controls and how you maneuver in a 3D world. They've come so far since that kind of you know that was almost on the level of Zelda 64 in, in terms of like we're just trying to figure out this 3D thing out. Yeah. You know how to, how to move around in the yeah. in a space a believable world. And, and I, that was I, enough to blow my mind back then. Yeah, but I but I feel like <laughs> not anymore. But though. I feel like a Nintendo won that competition and b. Uh, other people have figured out better solutions since then, and I wonder how much of it Shenmue will adopt those better solutions. Hopefully, a lot. And how much of it will be like, well, we have to make it feel like Shenmue, which I think is a mistake. As long as it's got the spirit of Shenmue, spirit of Shenmue the same yes. characters, that's all I want. Everything else I want brought to the modern age. Yes, let me let me just run with the analog stick and not the analog trigger. But make sure that there's sailors to look for. Yeah. That's, that's, my, <laughs> nice. that's my advice to you, you Suzuki. 
<laughs> so PlayStation VR, I feel like, is going to be Sony's big push yes. at the show. It's no already headed in that direction. There have been three brand new PlayStation VR exclusive mm-hmm. games announced this week alone. Which which look like real games. They do. I might things add. are starting to change. Yeah. We're starting to see things that look like legitimate games. Um, Edge of Nowhere from Insomniac came out this week mm-hmm. for Rift. That fairly is, positive re- yeah. reception. I mean, not like perfect, but it's an actual game. It's been funny watching people review and like I don't want to get too far into it because I haven't really played a ton of VR. I don't have a VR headset yet for myself. So maybe it will happen to me too, but it's been very funny to watch like uh, how people have evaluated that game in particular. Because by all accounts, it's like a really generic third-person action-adventure game mm-hmm. with the novelty of playing it in VR. And you can see some of some journalists are completely blown away by it, and they they're totally they've managed to totally overlook the fact that most of the game is really average because they're playing it in VR. But then you have other journalists who are like completely kind of seeing through the facade and are saying, you know, if this weren't VR, this game would be complete crap. And even with VR, it's kind of average. So there's like this sliding scale because you get that sense of awe with VR just intrinsically because of the medium. But, you know, how, and I'm, I can't wait to see this in myself and to see how, how well I look through it to see what really is at the core of each game that I evaluate. Mm. Um, sadly, I haven't done that yet. So, but you're right. It looks several of the games shown this week look like they're actual real games that have some real heft to them, some substance to them. They're not just like 10-minute mini games that you play for a little while and you move on. And now that we know PlayStation 4 Neo is not going to be at E3, I really think like. PlayStation VR is because this is it's this is really PlayStation VR's last big push. Yeah. In the way in North America anyway, I'm sure Gamescom they'll do a lot of stuff there as well. But you know it's coming out October or whatever. By the time the summer's over, we're pretty much ready to to buy it. So I would not be surprised if at the end of the, of the show we look back and. There were a lot more games announced for PlayStation VR than there were for just the base PlayStation 4. Mm-hmm. At least that's what I think is going to happen. I mean, happen. I'm pretty sure that's their Q4. Yeah. I mean, it is. I mean, yeah. that's their big product for a Q4. Hopefully we get Neo as well, but... I'd be surprised if they didn't put, put Neo up against VR. I mean, at least it's a bundle option. Yeah. It, it, the, the whole thing made too much sense. It's like yeah. Neo with PlayStation VR. You need more powerful hardware to run yeah. the VR better. Codename Neo, codename Morpheus. Right. Like just... Yeah, I mean, they're buddies. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, you know, maybe we shouldn't jump the gun too much on the whole Neo thing. Maybe, you know, not showing at E3 isn't the death knell for it coming out this year. I mean, maybe they aren't showing it because they want, like, the mainstream press to focus on the VR headset. Which... Because otherwise, like, there might be a temptation to just report, oh, new PlayStation, new PlayStation, new PlayStation. And then who knows if the, if the message gets mixed and people right. start taking it as like, oh, I have to buy this new PlayStation to use this VR thing. Well, the other thing, too, is that if Maybe nobody wants... better to wants... show the headset and let it fly. Well, the other thing, too, is that if nobody wants PlayStation VR, there's really no reason for a more powerful console. True. True. So it's like, you're kind of, if you... Put out Neo first, you're kind of putting the cart before the horse there. So, mm-hmm. all right, I think it's time to move on to the next topic of the big six. Next, we're going to talk about Square Enix. 
Mm. I think Square Enix has the ability to have the best showing at all of E3. Really? The ability. Whether mm. that will come to fruition or not, I have no idea. So Deus Ex, Mankind Divided, blew that game out this week. Yeah. I was surprised. It's like, I mean, Square Enix does their little press event and everything. Like, you'd think they would wait for that, but nope. Uh, they showed off another 20-minute demo of Deus Ex this week. Um, showed off a bonus mode in Deus Ex that's like an arcade shooter mm-hmm. where you just basically go through, like, arenas and, like, shoot. And, like, the farther you go, the harder it gets and the more points you It's like a, basically like a point-generating, like, side-shoot game that's included in the base game. And then they also announced Deus Ex Go. Which, if anyone's played, like, the Hitman Go games or the Lara Croft Go games, mm. they're kind of like these weird, like, isometric puzzle platformy things. Yeah. Lara Croft Go was my pick for, I think, mobile game of the year. Yeah, or something. yeah I remember that. Year. Yeah, it was. Yeah, so... I really, I really like the, the Go games. The Go series, is, series, is, series are good. I mean, mm-hmm. so far, what we've played of both of them have been excellent. Um, I don't know if uh, they're going to sue Nintendo for Pokemon Go, but it's a little weird that <laughs> yeah, they... Yeah, uh, it's interesting. I mean, it is kind of like an IP that they've established, right, with the whole yeah. Go thing. So, big news for Deus Ex this week, the week before E3. It makes me wonder if we're going to see much new while at the show. Um, the one thing that really struck me about what they showed this week was, I think they called it aggressive stealth. So, you know, for me personally, like a lot of stealth games... They get boring after a while because you have to be so, like, deliberate and slow and they're very calculated. But what they've really done with Mankind Divided is they've made it, like, more a more aggressive stealth. Like, it's mm-hmm. more of, like, an action-y type stealth, like a Bourne or something like that, instead of something where you're hiding in the shadows waiting for somebody to walk by. Uh, they've made it a little more action-y. I know that may piss off people who are stealth purists, uh, but for me personally, I would prefer that style of stealth yeah. gameplay. I mean, I always I agree with Adam Sessler's uh, old old evaluation of like the worst kind of a stealth game is when you're, the stealth game is just you're playing what you'd normally play as the game, but slower. Yeah. Whereas like Deus Ex, even you know the last one as well made a good balance between you know both stealthy and going loud and killing and being non-lethal, and uh, and I I felt like the game never really judged you. For choosing one or the other, I, which uh, in a game, I, I was one of my problems with Dishonored. Is I always felt like Dishonored was, was like telling me that I was playing it wrong. Yeah. If I wasn't being like super stealth master. Yeah. And uh, Deus Ex was much, uh, uh, much more even-handed about being like, oh yeah, if you want to do that, go ahead and do that. You know, and then people weren't like, you know, like when you, at the beginning of of uh, Human Revolution, you can pick like a lethal or a non-lethal weapon to be given in the first right. mission and like they don't just like okay i mean if you want to kill people like a monster fight no the guy's like all right good job you know like taking no chances i like it and it was just like so like i just like that you know the first the previous game did a good job of making you feel like you could tackle it how you wanted and uh, this game looks like they're taking that and upping it even further yep so uh final fantasy 7 remake not a remaster it really is a remake yeah it is multi-part like Episodic, like I mean, it looks like they might be splitting the game up, like basically as what we would have considered kind of like disc one, disc two, yeah, a little bit. Well, they've said that like the first installment will be as long as a typical Final Fantasy game. Yeah. So it's not like you know we're gonna play five hours and then wait a month and then play another five hours. 
Yeah, so I wonder, um, I do, I mean, you'd think that would be enough, but you wonder, like, of the of the hardcore fans, how many are going to be like, well, I'm waiting until it's all out. Yeah. And does that impact sales to the point they're like, well, we can't afford to make the last two. <laughs> like, like, I think they'll, the sales of this game will give them enough okay. money to do how many ever episodes they want to do. You think we're going to see, like, a, a see a... Any kind of like real info or new stuff on this 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 year? Or? Yeah, we have to at least see. Because I'm just used to the square that like sort of like says like, we're doing a thing, doesn't talk about it for two years. You know? Yeah. Like, yeah. You know? Well, I mean, look at Final Fantasy 15. We're at the right. end of an 11 year road here with that game, but I don't see Final Fantasy 7 remake falling into that trap. Like, I mean, they do kind of have a blueprint. Yeah. To follow, but I, I mean, think. Things have changed a lot since back when they first announced Versus 13 or whatever yeah. the hell. I mean, I don't think it'll called. take 10 years to come out, but there's just part of me that wonders, like, you know, are you going to hit that weird, you know, because Kingdom Hearts still is in that weird limbo that, like, uh, that classic square limbo of, like, oh, so now, like, 2.8 final chapter prologue, whatever the hell that is. I have no that idea is, what the hell That's is. coming out in December, so we're not clearly not getting Kingdom Hearts 3 this year, which means Kingdom Hearts 3 is sometime next year, but is it at the end of next year? You know, it's like, it's this, that thing where they announce, uh, you know, Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts have the thing where it's like, here we're making it, here's the logo, see you in four years, you know, it's like, <laughs> yeah, and not that, like, they're taking forever, it's an unreasonable amount of time to make the game in, but it's just like, they announced this shit way too early in some yeah. cases. Just yeah. to, like, assure fans it's coming, but then you're getting to the point, I now I have Kingdom Hearts 1.5 and 2.5 and 2.8, and I'm sure it'll be a 2.9 at some point as a pre-order bonus, so what, what are we doing? I think we're going to see a huge chunk of gameplay from the Final Fantasy VII Remake. I hope so. I mean, I don't know if they'll play it live, but I think yeah. at the very least they're going to put out a, a gameplay walkthrough, developer walkthrough. I mean, they've been pretty forthcoming with Final Fantasy XV gameplay now that they've actually said the game's coming out. Mm. Um, so I would not be surprised if we get to see like legit gameplay of the game, not this stuff so, where it's like, that's gameplay, but it's like all cut together like a cinema. or so like. Here, a, so here's a question for you. Do you think, if they show actual gameplay of Final Fantasy VII Remake, do you think it'll look as good as this like render trailer? Yeah, I mean, I don't think this looks that great. Neither do I, but I mean, we've, we've, good, we've but... seen a lot of, of inexplicable downgrades this generation. Yeah, and I mean, I would say even Final Fantasy XV might be one of those graphical downgrades. Mm, I was a little yeah. disappointed when I the, played the demo. The, was not, the demo was not a mind blower. Yeah, I mean, there was like no shadows in like half of mm. it. Like, so yeah, I mean, I don't think this looks that good to begin with. So I think it'll hit this though. I mean, it looks pretty. Good. I mean, there's a lot going on. Yeah, a lot of particle action. I, I like the, the 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 lighting and a lot of ref, nice reflections. Like, there's stuff happening here that like might, while not like be impossible, it might like bog you down a little bit in some places. You know, I mean, might the game doesn't framing. look as good as Uncharted Four, no. so but it's certainly possible Squ to pull this game off. Square Enix is also not Naughty Dog. Yeah, they also have to make the game for other platforms right. for Xbox One, which you know, that's a lot of times multi-platform games get held back a little bit. Mm. They don't right to the metal on each platform. So I think it'll have a big, big presence at the show. I think that we'll right. get to see the game actually being played. I, I have think a strange people sneaking... absolutely freak out when they see that for sure it's not turn-based. I have a strange sneaking suspicion that, like, it's just going to be like, it's still coming. Look forward to it. Okay, next we have World of Final Fantasy. Like, yeah. I, I'm, I'm concerned that we're going to... Get like a like a hey, we're still making this game, but it's not ready yet. So here's a 20 minute demo of World of Final Fantasy. You know, could be. 
which they also just put out a new trailer for. It is coming confirmed for the West for mm-hmm. the end of the year, I believe. I think it's simultaneous in October with with uh, like worldwide. Yeah. I remember right. That was looking pretty sharp. Uh, next, we're going to talk about Final Fantasy 15. We already spoke about that a little bit. Uh, it's going to happen when you talk about Final Fantasy yeah, 7. It'll, be, it'll just be nice to get it over with. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they haven't really been shy about that game. They've shown it off a ton. Um, there's still, you know, we haven't really seen, like, an epic boss fight. We've seen one summons. So, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they maybe show off a couple more summons to try to get the hype generated on this game. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It doesn't seem like people have really activated over this game the way I thought they would. Well, I think it's, all, it's a little bit of the Last Guardian syndrome where it's just like it's been so long that yeah. at this point it's like, okay, just show me something. You know, like, just let me play it. So many and and prior l- empty promises. Yeah. And, uh, and I think, you know, despite how long it's been and despite how much you know, media and even the, the, the alpha, you know, demo, like... No one really knows a whole lot about what we're walking into on this yeah. game. You know, it's, it's like it's it's a very new take on the material, and that could be a good thing. Um, you know, there might be some really interesting twists on the standard Final Fantasy format, but uh, I think right now uh, uh, most people are just like, just hand it over. Like, let's just just play it and get through it, and then we'll <laughs> we'll see what we thought. Yeah, mm? Kingdom Hearts three. I be shocked if we see anything of note anything yeah i think we'll get a trailer i think we'll get i think we'll get like some like a demo or some kind of like something on 2.8 like some new reveal of some weird thing on 2.8 that is going to reveal some kind of crazy lore thing that i have no idea about but kingdom Hearts fans and like people who draw fan art are going to be like oh my god yeah like i'm sure or some revelation about organization 13 i don't even know anymore (laughs) i have no clue what anything is happening in this series i used i really like the idea of this series but i can't keep up um, but I, I, I don't know. I think Kingdom Hearts 3 is next year at the earliest, and we're not going to see anything substantial. I mean, it, it is pretty encouraging. You know, the, it does seem to be pretty far along. Uh, I mean, I don't know if you saw it or not, but the, but Iga showed off his game this week for the first time. Like, the first oh, yeah? gameplay of it, and it was literally a character running around an empty level. So hmm. Just like Devil's Third back in the day. <laughs> And I, I was, and they're, showing that that, yeah, and they're showing that game at E3. I'm like, dude, you, you just showed gameplay for the first time. There was no enemies in the level. <laughs> None. And what are we going to do? Just let us run around an empty environment? Like, So, you know, this game's a lot farther along than that game. And they're going to show it at E3. So, right. But, you know, Square's a lot more pre- protective of its IP. And Yeah. Well, well also, like, I get the impression that with Kingdom Hearts, you have to make a lot of... Uh, there have to be a lot of phone calls with Disney, right? Because you know, they they hold the they hold the control over almost everything in that game except uh, the Final Fantasy characters. They actually Disney has control over Sora and Riku and all those. Well, they do have characters. like a, a liaison this time. Like there are people mm-hmm. dedicated to being the bridge between Square yeah. and Disney, and they actually went so far as to put out like a developer doc all about it, saying you know I'm here to make sure that there are no bumps in the road with these two. Entities communicating with each other. So, mm-hmm. hopefully, and to be that fair, helps. when uh, Marvel set up a similar system for the, for their games with that, that resulted in one of the best periods of Marvel games around. Yeah, that, you're right. That's what gave us stuff like you know Wolverine Origins, which is one yeah. of the better ones. Yep. Uh, so just to round off Square Enix, there. So they just announced a re- remaster of Final Fantasy XII this mm-hmm. week. 
which looks amazing. Oh, I'm into that. Also, Final Fantasy XII is a great Final Fantasy. Final Fantasy XII is my second favorite. I can totally see that. Like, if you guys have not played Final Fantasy XII, you should be very, very happy they're remastering that game. Yeah, because um, it, it's rough on PlayStation 2. It now. is, yeah. Um, but it is, it is different from all the rest. There is some MMO kind of yeah. sensibility to it, but it's different. It takes place in Ivalis, where Final Fantasy Tactics takes place. It's a very different take on things, even though it is kind of just a retelling of the Star Wars story. Yeah. But uh, I really liked it. It wouldn't be the first or last game to do that. No, I really liked it. Well, hell, Star Wars retold the Star Wars true. story. <laughs> Biggs and Wedge have been in all these Final Fantasy games. Yeah. It's about time they finally owned up. Yeah. Um, but my favorite is Final Fantasy VI. My second favorite is yeah. Final Fantasy XII. Uh, so I'm expecting Final Fantasy 18 to be a really good one. <laughs> You're Every right. six games, they make something I love. <laughs> Uh, so there's that. There's uh, I Am Setsuna, which is the that first. That looks really cool. It looks amazing. Um, it's like the first RPG from their brand new studio that they just built. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has old school sensibilities. Like you could just there, there's rumors about a Tomb Raider, like a remaster of the very first Tomb Raider in honor, honor of the 20th anniversary of Tomb Raider. Mm. That's what I was. That's why I said before we started this topic that Square Enix has the opportunity to have the best showing of E3. I mean, we just went on and on, and there's games that we just brushed over that could be like big time games. So, yeah. I think they're going to have a great E3. I'm really excited for it. Uh, I'm not sure exactly when their presser is. Uh, like one o'clock on Monday. Yeah, I think it goes Microsoft, Square, Ubisoft, Sony. Yeah, that sounds right. And we'll be here for all quote, those. Don't quote me on that. We'll be hanging out big time. Yeah, because it, does, it doesn't matter because we're just going to be here. Yeah. It's like we're going <laughs> to leave. Whatever comes on, comes on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you'll be there with us, hopefully. So uh, let's move on. We're going to talk about Bethesda next. Bethesda's press conference is Sunday. Mm. It's going to keep me from seeing, hopefully, the Penguins take the Stanley Cup. Oh. Yeah, that's, that's Burley. But, we're going to uh, have to rely on the chat again. Duty calls. Yeah, we're going to need spoilers from you guys in the chat while that game is going on, while we're, uh, while we're streaming uh, Bethesda. Um, let's just go right down the road with them. They have a pretty good showing, but it's all mm-hmm. kind of ambiguous and rumored. So, obviously, Dishonored 2. We've talked about that game yeah. a ton on the show. I don't know if we need to beat the dead horse again yeah. here. Is that, th- is that this year? That I believe said? so. It's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. I would, again, not be surprised if that game gets delayed a month or two. Maybe. Seems like it's been in development it's, it's, for a long time. Yeah, it seems like it would probably be ready by now. I would hope. But uh, we've talked about this game at length on the show. We're not going to spend a ton of time on it on our E3 preview. Um, it, Dishonored is one of those games, either you love it or you're kind of mad over it. Mm-hmm. I don't think anyone would ever say it's not a good game. The most fun I ever had with Dishonored was watching the Platinum Journey frankly like <laughs> I, I don't know what it is I, I just never i couldn't get into it it's like, a it was, weird universe it just felt uh, i like the universe i like the art design i like all that i just couldn't get into how it felt somehow. yeah i something i and i I'm, I'm i mean to try it again i got the i got the remastered version for like five bucks at like a playstation network sale so i'll, I'll go back and try it again at some point but i just but I, lo- I, I love the look of this. I'm, I'm excited for this, even though I'm worried I'm going to play it for like an hour and be like, eh. eh. Yeah, that's how I kind of was with the first Dishonored. Like, but to me, it really was like the world and the art. It was just so dreary. Mm-hmm. Like the whole game just was, it should have just been called Dreary, the video game. This one seems to solve that problem. It does. Dreary. It, it does seem more... to. And look, I watch people who are good at playing Dishonored play it, and it's impressive. Oh, yeah. Like, people who are really good with the blink and everything, I'm like, what are you doing? Like, I almost can't even, like, follow what's happening on the screen. So I have a very strong appreciation for the first one. 
Um, and I re obviously respect the developers. I really like that they did something different instead of making another cookie-cutter game and tried to uh, kind of spread their wings a little bit, and they were, were reward rewarded for it. So we'll see. Uh, let's move on. Let's talk about... All the rest are pretty much rumors for mm -hmm. Bethesda. And here's the thing. So Bethesda's having a press conference at E3. Before last year, Bethesda did not do E3 press conferences. Last mm -hmm. year, completely warranted. I mean, yeah. think about all the stuff that they debuted at the show. It's at like, their shows. boom, Fallout 4 coming this year. Boom, free Fallout mobile game right now. Like, it was, it yeah. was crazy. So you got to assume that they have enough on their plate to rationalize yeah. doing this. So rumors have been swirling around Skyrim Remaster. Mm -hmm. How do you feel about the idea of that, Matt? Um, something for the console, boys, I guess. I mean, I I have a PC that can run it with, like, mods that make it look like what I assume Elder Scrolls Six is going to look like. So, like, yeah. it's a little pointless for, yeah. for me, I guess. I mean, and also, anyone who has it, he's I played that, on PC. I played that game for, like, 200 hours. I'm not going to do that again. Yeah. Like, are you kidding? <laughs> I mean, I loved Skyrim. I thought it yeah, was—I so think it's the I. best game they've ever made. Yeah. I, th I think it's the best Bethesda game in terms of their in-house development, not, not their published stuff, whatever. But like, I love Skyrim. It's my favorite one. Uh, uh, my favorites, Morrowind and Skyrim, are like right there. Yeah. But like, I don't really feel the need to play that again. I would not play it again. Absolutely would not. I don't have the time to play a 200-hour game twice. Yeah. Like. I, I mean, I didn't have time to play it the first time. I mean, I did play... I played it on Xbox 360, and then I played a fair amount of it again on PC when yeah. I got my new PC. I, I went through it, put some mods in that I couldn't run on my old card, and played it a little bit. I, I didn't finish it, but I, was, I enjoyed running around in this be more beautiful version of it with some mods. But I'll tell you this much. I don't know if I could go back to playing that game without a weight limit removal yeah, mod. Yeah, like, that's a, that would be a tough one. Yeah, I, that drove me crazy about that game. But even kind of the bigger issue goes back to what you were saying before, is that the mod scene for these games is incredible. Mm -hmm. You have, uh, what's the, the one mod that they're working on that mashes up like Skyrim and Morrowind, and Morrowind yeah. Skywind, Skywind or whatever? Yeah. Dude, that looks amazing. It's incredible. Like, is there any reason I think for... you even said in the blurb on Sift, I think it's like, is that the most ambitious player mod ever? It has and to it's, be. And it's up there if it's not the one. Yeah. Like, it's got to be. And do you need, like, a remaster if you already have fans doing the work like that? You know, Bethesda's already got on board with the yeah. mods and, like, you know... I will say people this. People are stealing mods. Right. Well, I will say <laughs> this. Um, if they do on the consoles what they did with Fallout 4 and make the, the Skyrim remaster mod compatible... Um, for the consoles, like that's probably worth it. I yeah. mean, I'm sure there's a ton of people that only play stuff on consoles and haven't played the PC version of that, and giving them a chance to play it, you know, in a better looking version, something closer to what you know the original vanilla PC version would have looked like with all the expansion stuff. And if you can make it work with mods on the consoles, like Fallout 4 does, um, that's a pretty good thing. I mean, I wouldn't be, it wouldn't be for me, but like. Yeah. That would be pretty cool. I'm not saying it won't sell, because there's a whole generation now of kids that were, were kids when the Skyrim right. came out who are now old enough to where their parents are like, right. you can play Skyrim. So there's a market for it. Don't yeah. get me wrong. I don't think it'll flop. I just think personally for people like yeah, us, I, there's I, I very would. little reason for it. But I will say, all you got to do is play that theme song with the Vikings like yeah. chanting the, the dragon language, and I'm just like, yeah, Skyrim, let's play it again. You know, I'm, I'm a super easy mark. That game, yeah, but yeah, I don't, I don't, I mean, it's a cool idea, but I don't think I would, I don't think I'll be tearing myself away from uh, whatever I'm playing this fall to play it. 
Yep. Uh, another rumor swirling around: a new Wolfenstein. I am totally down with that. I know. I like the last one a lot. It reminds me a lot of Doom. Like, yeah. It's like this. It has really nailed the ability, like, you know, or, or not. Well, I wasn't id, but like. Um, Bethesda has really seemed to kind of hit this hit on this formula for distilling what these classic shooters need to be turned into to work as a modern game, but also as a game that that evokes the original game you love. Yeah, and Wolfenstein does that great. Doom does it better, I think. And uh, I, yeah, I'll play more Wolfenstein. No problem. I never thought I'd say that again. Yeah, like, I didn't even bother with Wolfenstein, and Blair Butler actually gave me her copy and said, "You have to play this." Yeah. I'm, like, I'm like, "Really? I have, to, I have to play Wolfenstein?" No, I needed you to know? be convinced as well. Yeah, and yeah. I played it. And I was like, I, I called her that night. I was like, "This is great." Yeah, like, I wouldn't have, would never have touched that game if she hadn't made me like forced it on me. Basically, I honestly think I may have liked Wolfenstein a little more than Doom, believe it or not, um, just for the tone of the game and mm. just. I don't know. The story in Doom is really stupid. And it like, is. <laughs> but I like... I, I like, like the, the gameplay better in Doom. Yeah, I, like I think I like trappings. everything else better in Wolfenstein. I like the visual trappings of Doom more. Yeah. But, like, but it's, a, it's a coin toss. Well, obviously... It's, it's a coin toss in a matter of taste. It's, it's not... Like, yeah. I'm not saying Wolfenstein's a worse game or anything. Well, yeah. Obviously, Doom's a much better looking game. I mean, there's no mm-hmm. doubt about that. But, uh, yeah. I really was shockingly surprised. Almost kind of the same way with Doom. Like, just pl- very pleasantly surprised yeah. at how good it was. And uh, so if another one comes, I think that makes perfect sense for their yeah. business. I think it makes, I think people will buy it. I think people are into it. Um, you know, they've kind of rebooted that franchise. I mean, a lot mm-hmm. of people who played that Wolfenstein probably never even knew it was a, one of the first ever, like, first-person yeah. shooters. Like, that's great. Like, I love that. And maybe they went back and played the originals. Um, you know, I, li- I love how in Doom they actually just had the original levels right in the new Doom. So you could kind of check them out and see where the whole series came from. Which is cool. If you actually think about it in the game, it doesn't make a lick of sense, but who cares? <laughs> it's video games, people. Uh, let's see what else we're going to talk about. Evil Within 2. The Evil Within 2. Mm-hmm. Um, I did not play Evil Within. I haven't either. <laughs> I have not played it, and I do not <laughs> understand why. Because I love horror games. I love Mikami. Mm-hmm. Like, why did I not play that game? I don't know. I, I, I mean, I don't particularly like horror games, and I... Just sort of, I, my canary in that coal mine was uh, Mike Benson, uh, who loves horror games. Uh, we he used to work on X Play, uh, and he he played it, and he bas- I said, so how is it? He's like, you don't need to worry about it. Yeah. Like he was, just, he's a horror game fanatic, and he's just like, mm. he's like, I dug it, but it's probably not going to do anything for you. Like, so I just didn't bother. Yeah, it seems like it has like a bit of a cult following. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, there's for sure is people that love it and will and will defend it and claim it's, but it's just like horror games aren't a priority for me. So I mean, I don't know why you haven't played it. Yeah, but like, it, that's what I'm saying. It, like, it didn't transcend anything that like made me think, oh, I better jump on that shit. I think it's the same thing for you. Like, I just think I have my feelers out there, and my feelers weren't bringing back like yeah. what I needed to motivate me to play it. I didn't need to play it for review or whatever. Someone else was handling it, yeah. and so. Like, I was curious, but I w- it wasn't enough to tear me away from whatever I was doing at the time. Yeah. I mean, it sold pretty well. I remember the ads being all over billboards in L.A. when it came out. Yeah, they, they, they did not They get put around. a lot of marketing behind that. That might have been the biggest marketing budget in the West that a Mikami game ever had. Yeah, a lot of screaming people on buses. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it's like, even just watching the footage that we're showing right now, I'm like, why the hell didn't I play this game? Like, it's right in my freaking wheelhouse. Maybe I need to go back and uh, and give it a whirl. Nice. I know I know that's never going to happen, but <laughs> <laughs> I'll mention that and say that to myself. But I, I know I'll probably never play this game. I just don't have time. Maybe when I'm old and I have all the time in the world. But 
Maybe I play the sequel, though. Yeah. How will you know what's going on? Watch a YouTube video. <laughs> uh, let's see. Prey 2. We, talk, we talked about this not that mm-hmm. long ago on the show. Um, it sure looks like it's happening. Yeah. Maybe with a name change. Yeah. Right? Um, cool. Yeah. I, I liked what I saw but when, before they pulled the plug on the previous version, so I wonder how much of that will survive the transition. I assume it's different people. Yeah, it's like I said before. We saw a legitimate demo at Judges Week at E3. Like that last, I saw somebody, I think it was someone on Kind of Funny this week, say that they were at the same thing I was at, and they said that they liked it better than Skyrim at that event. I would not agree with that at all, but it was pretty impressive what they showed us. Hmm. And so... You know, a lot of times when you hear about games being canceled, like, when you hear it, you're like, that makes sense. Because you played the game at some event, and it was, like, a piece of crap, or the concept just wasn't working, or whatever. When I heard Prey 2 was canceled, I was like, what? Mm. That doesn't make sense. Like, because they showed us, like, sometimes they show you, like, a demo, and you can tell that it was just this thing that was just chopped out of the game. And it's, like, this discreet, self-contained thing. But then there are demos that you get where, like, they're playing the whole game, and you can see, like, they're just showing you, like, a couple missions, but you can see, like, the NPC standing around waiting to, like, give you more missions. Mm-hmm. And, like, that's the way that demo was. So you could see that, like, the game was there. And that's why I was shocked whenever I heard that it was, it was canceled. So not surprised it's coming back either. Um, I'm guessing the developer was probably the problem with the game. It's probably just way too slow. They weren't getting the game done in time. They decided to can it because they had lost a lot of money. But they probably also looked at the, the fact that people still care about it so long ago. So that's Bethesda. Bethesda has quite the lineup as well. Yeah. And I still think if any, if two I of st- those rumors come true, yeah. they'll have a great press. Well, conference. I still think they're gonna. They're, there's a major Fallout 4 DLC expansion. There is. They'll definitely so. show Fallout 4. Far Harbor. There's got to be more. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Otherwise, people are going to revolt over the money they spent on the thirty dollars season, uh, season pass. Yeah. Well, they bought it earlier, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm sure we'll see Fallout DLC. Um, but that's a struggling to, to, to try to fix the multiplayer in Doom. Well, what about Quake? Do you think they'll, sh- they'll be Quake or? Is I had it... Quake down here, but honestly, I don't. I've never even Seems seen. Pretty a le- soon. I haven't seen a legitimate rumor for it. True. I see people throwing it around like maybe they'll show Quake, but I, I mean, haven't it seen... seems like an obvious next step after they've revitalized Wolfenstein oh. and Doom. But like, how you is might, it might that well Bethesda owns every old school shooter IP? They bought ID. Yeah, I mean, it's insane that they've got all of them. You forget it's... how much ID dominated. It was like basically it, it was, was the it was ID games and Marathon if you had a Mac. Yeah, and that was it. You're it was right. On Bungie. And then at some point, like, 3D Realms popped in with some Duke Nukem. But Duke Nukem was more like, well, I finished all the Doom. I might as well just play this stupid thing, you know? Yeah, it's like, but with Quake, it's like, is there a market for Quake? You've already got Unreal, which has struggled. If you can invent You've got Lawbreakers from Cliff. If you can take Quake and turn it, you know, more of a, I guess more of a Quake 2 idea. If you can take Quake and make make me a campaign that captures the feel of Quake the way Doom did, I'm in. Yeah. No question. I just think I don't know if you're gonna ever capture the Quake Three Arena multiplayer feel again. Yeah. But like, if you want to just make it like a single player experience that matches Doom, like any day of the week. Yeah. I just feel like the market for arena shooters is getting really saturated. I think and then you so. have people who are buying into Overwatch like hardcore. Like it's gonna be even interesting to watch what happens with Battlefield One and Call of Duty Infinite Warfare because 
people are so into Overwatch, man. Mm-hmm. Like, and I don't know how much of a crossover there is between the COD audience and... The COD audience. The COD audience. Nice. Mm-hmm. And the people who are playing Overwatch um, to see if, you know, it really is pulling those... Uh, I mean, me personally, I feel like they're completely different games. They're both first-person shooters, but they feel completely different to me. Like... I see no carryover, but I'm sure there are people that are going to get totally obsessed with Overwatch and trying to pull them off of that to go play something else might be a challenge. And you start talking about, like I said, Lawbreakers with Cliff, and like there's a free to play. There's 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 like 50 free to play arena shooters out there right now that all function pretty darn well. So I don't know. I don't know if Quake has a space. I mean, Doom seems to be doing okay. It came in what third? Yeah. The yeah. Month, or was it second? I can't remember. Second or know. third. Um, the month it came out, the, the multiplayer servers are empty already for Doom. Mm-hmm. Um, That's why I say, like, if you're going to do a Quake, focus on the single. But Quake it, isn't known for campaigns, though. Really, it's not known, but you could still do it. Yeah, I mean, people I mean, remember Doom, it. Doom is probably 50-50 for me. Whether I remembered it for the campaign, actually, no, I remember Doom more for the campaign. Yeah, well, online wasn't wasn't quite there yet. Then, yeah. It was more of a LAN thing, and that yeah. was a hard thing to set up. Yeah, Quake. I mean, that was Quake's claim to fame was A, it was 3D, and B, you could play online. Yeah. Um, but I certainly, I associate Quake 1 and 2 far more with the single player campaigns because I had shitty dial-up at the time. Yeah. Quake 3 is the one that I think of as multiplayer. Yeah. Um, and you know, you never know. Like, if, if, if you, if they took Quake, if you made a Quake 3 update on, you know, multiplayer equivalent par of what you did with Wolfenstein and Doom, you might pull some people away from what's already out there. Like, that might be enough to get me to at least sit up and look. It's crowded. It's it a is. really, really crowded genre right now. All right, let's move on. Let's talk about Ubisoft. Ubisoft, the publisher whose press conferences have improved drastically mm-hmm. over four or five years ago, and they had Mr. Caffeine. And yeah, Mr. Caffeine is uh, certainly one of your lower points. Well, they used to have terrible press conferences. Like, yeah. regardless of who hosted them... You like, remember, remember the time James Cameron talked for 20 minutes about yeah. Avatar with no B-roll? Yeah. That was amazing. Yeah, talked about a game that they never showed. Yeah. Like, then there was, like, all the just dance things that they would always oh, have, right. like... Or the... The time um, they did, like, the weird laser tag thing. Oh, yeah, in the uh, crowd yeah. where people ran around and acted like they were zapping each other with laser... Yeah, I mean, they have Which had... never became anything? Nope. Like, nothing. Nope. It's almost like the Vitality Sensor. <laughs> <laughs> really, really, Ubisoft has had some bizarre press conferences. Yeah. It's almost like a culture shock thing where they don't quite understand, like, what's cool in the West. I, I don't even know. Like, I, it's inexplicable to me how their press conferences have been so terrible... But they've gotten better. Like they I mean, Aisha, Aisha, Tyler. Aisha Tyler definitely She's helps. a good host. She classes yeah. it up a little bit. She knows games. Yeah, she's into it. She's She has excited. good comedic delivery. She has good energy. Just get rid of people like Matt, Mr. Caffeine with a huge yeah. bump up. So Ubisoft, though, is a little bit of a wild card. Uh, Watch Dogs 2 debuted this week, shown off. Worst cast secret ever. Yeah. Matt, what's your impressions of Watch Dogs? I almost made Watch Dogs 2 its own Big Six topic. But it kind of stuck out when we're just doing, like, publisher-by-publisher publisher previews. Mm. So I snuck it in here into Ubisoft, assuming we might spend a little bit of, a, of time on it. Well, they're really trying... I mean, they're trying real hard to sell the edgy gray hat hacker thing to me, that's for sure. Uh, I don't know if I buy it. Uh, I am a fan of games that take place in San Francisco. For so, sure, uh, especially where you can drive. Yes. 
Um, San Francisco and I, and I mean, is the best location for a driving game. And I mean, always. I felt like Watch Dogs One was like a pretty decent like proof of concept for a real yeah. game. Yeah, uh, it felt like I think I've said it before, but it felt like it felt like when Ubisoft makes a Ubisoft game, they start with like. Watchdogs, yeah. and like build on it to make it Assassin's Creed right, or make it right. Tom Clancy or whatever. Yeah. It just felt like the most generic UB game imaginable. And I spent—I didn't finish it, but I spent an inordinate amount of time walking walking the streets and stealing people's money if I decided I didn't like them. Um, that's about all I used that game for. So, I mean, I have some hopes for this game. I mean, the, the trailer looks gorgeous. I'm sure this is not actual real-time footage, uh, but like. I really want Watch Dogs to be good. Like, there's a good game in there somewhere the if they can tone find of this it. This game is completely different from the first game. Yeah, well, clearly, clearly, uh, Aiden Pierce has been uh, focus tested into oblivion, so he will not be in this one. Uh, it, it it's like all no, no great loss. I think. I mean, yeah, I mean, look, the first game I thought was a little too serious and dry. Yeah. Uh, took itself a little too seriously, but I feel like they've gone, they've overcompensated, overcorrected here with this new one. Like maybe I don't I mean I don't know how much of that is the game and how much of it is the marketing. You know, like this is a trailer that's designed to be like we're not Watch Dogs One. You know, like I, I get what they're, tr- they're trying to differentiate. I don't know if that's how the game itself will be. I think we're going to see a gameplay demo to kind of get a better gauge of that. Because um, this is a very realistic looking city they're modeling here. Well, I mean, yeah, some of these looks shots great. is like photorealistic. Yeah. Like, I don't know if that's real. I mean, look, UB has pulled crap like this before I mean, yeah, absolutely. with Watch Dogs. With Watch Dogs, for sure. <laughs> but at the same time, like that one shot of, uh, I think that looked like California Street to me. Yeah. Um, like, there are mods you can apply to GTA Five that make it look like that on yeah, PC. Yeah, so right. it's not like it's out of range no, if they uh, decide to really put the effort into it. Well... Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming it's PC version. And it has been three years. I mean, there's... Yeah. Maybe. I want to believe, Ubisoft, with your, your X-Files of a game here. See, I mentioned on Sifted that I thought this that this reminded me a little bit of Sunset Overdrive. Mm. Just the whole, like... The attitude of the underga- underground attitude and the whole, like, there's a community of hackers. As brah! Opposed, as opposed to your lone wolf thing Let's in the Let's go hack game. some ATM machines, brah! Word. Like, yeah, like... <laughs> It, it is. Try, it, it, there's a little try hard to this. Uh, yeah, to this trailer. that's a good way to put it. Yeah, it just there's something about and, it that's just not. And if you haven't seen it, uh, look up on YouTube the um, the the Full House theme oh, song yeah, mashup with this trailer because it's amazing. It's on Sifted actually. If you want to just ser- search Full House on Sifted, it'll come up. But uh, actually, it's funny. Full House has become fodder for a bunch of games. Mm-hmm. Like there's, I think if you even search Sifted and you search Full House. Like, three different videos will come up with different games doing, like, the Full House intro using the game engine. I think Grand Theft Auto, there's one for that, too, <laughs> so check it out. They're pretty funny. Uh, but, yeah, you know, I'm not as excited for Watch Dogs 2 as I thought it was going to be now that I've seen it. Um, I'm sure I'll play it. I'm sure I'll enjoy it. Um, but I thought it might be something that I was really like, oh, this might be, like, one of my games of the show for E3. And look, I haven't played it, so, you know, mm-hmm. withholding judgment, obviously. But just based upon the mar- and there's a lot of marketing. Like they've put out a bunch of stuff about this already. So I don't feel like I'm basing it on nothing. Just right. a trailer that's being cut every ten seconds or whatever. So I don't know. I'm interested to see everyone else's response. Seemed like on Sifted, most people were pretty hyped for it. A lot of people were like, "Oh, it seems like it's doing all the things I wish the first one would have done." So 
Maybe I'm just in the minority on this one. It happens. So we'll see. Uh, next, we're going to talk about Ghost Recon Wildlands. Talked about this three weeks ago, mm -hmm. four weeks ago on the show because I just put out that new trailer. Not going to spend a ton of time on it. I think this game might end up being one in the discussion for game of the show for E3. Uh, I feel like we're going to get to see a lot of it and play a lot of it. And a lot of times that kind of tips the scales a little bit for games. Um, another open world game. Uh, You're gonna, they're going to have to show something that really blows my socks off to get me excited about another guys in paramilitary gear in an open world thing here. Like, yeah. I, I mean, it looks nice, but like, I'm not, not quite seeing where I, uh, what's what's here yet. Like I said before, I need to see more. I need to see it played. I need to see what's going to pull me in on this. Especially after, as much as I enjoyed the division, I have not felt the need to go back to it. And this seems to have a, a scent of the division about it. I would say places. a scent, but the division's all on foot. Like, mm -hmm. you know, it is an open world game, but in like the most simple sense of the phrase, like this mm -hmm. really is an open world game. There's, it, I would say this is like a serious just cause. It's probably the way I would describe it, because you still have like all the parachuting, all the skydiving, all the vehicles to drive. Where are the mechs? Yeah, well, that'll be in the DLC. <laughs> But uh, I have a feeling the story in this will probably be a lot better. Like, I don't know. I guess another game I would probably compare it to is, like, Phantom Pain, Metal Gear Solid Five. Yeah. Like, it kind of has that same vibe to it. If they can get that together with gameplay, like, that feels as smooth but has something to do between outposts, right. like, you might have a pretty damn good experience on your hands. People like Metal Gear Solid Five a lot. And I liked, it a lot. I liked it a lot when I was actually playing it as opposed to waiting for the load screens to finish yeah, or... Yeah. Running across the open desert where nothing was happening. I would say the issues that I had with Metal Gear Solid Five, likely based upon prior games I've played by these developers and from Ubisoft, will be fixed mm -hmm. for this game. Well, will probably also be finished. Right. Good Which point. Is, you know, not not to blame Kojima Productions for that. I think that we're mitigating circumstances, but some would say the story. You know, I'm I'm not a big fan of Kojima's storytelling, if you want to call it that. Some people love it. I always feel like it's an overindulgent. And I think even the diehard fans admit that, like, you can clearly see that Metal Gear Solid Five sort of doesn't quite finish itself. Right. Well, I think you know they say it was chopped off or whatever, and blah yeah. blah blah. So, but you know, to me, those stories are incoherent, and it's really they're really hard to follow. And I'm not going to go read like some mm. fifty page fact to try to figure out what the hell is going on. It'll certainly right. be a much more straightforward story with this, I'm assuming. Well, this, yeah, I look forward to uh, which drug lord we're trying to take down and why and the touching story of uh, squad member number three and how he wants to see his daughter again. Yeah. It'll be great. Yep. It's going to be great. <laughs> touching. Uh, let's move on. We're going to talk about For Honor. That was kind of a darling at mm -hmm. E3 last year. Sleeper pick. This is definitely the, the game Ubisoft the game. This is the Ubisoft game I'm most excited to see more of this year. I think. Put out a trailer today showing off Vikings. Mm -hmm. So Vikings is like the new faction. Or did they talk about Vikings last year? I can't remember. I don't remember. I don't think so. Well, they had three last year, but I didn't know if they mentioned. I may have just been Vikings assuming there would be Vikings. Of, yeah, it makes too much sense, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, there's like samurai, Vikings, mm -hmm. ninja. I don't even know. Probably knights. Knights. Uh, yeah. Can't have can't have honor without Teutonic Knights. That's that's a good point. Um, no, I'm, and you know I hope uh, I can't remember his name, but I hope that uh, creative director who like, is on was, stage once again. Was awesome. Yeah, 
He's cl- clearly this is a game he's wanted to make for a while, and he's yeah. very enthusiastic about it. So yeah, bring it on. Yeah, I hope it uh, feels as good to play as I think it's going to. I mean, I had a limited experience with it at E3 last year. Um, I didn't get to play as much as I wanted to because there was just too much to play and not enough time. But mm-hmm. uh, you know, the thing about this trailer that really hit me was the weight of the sword attacks and how like one attack can like finish you. Um, which, you know, puts you on edge while you're playing it. A little mm-hmm. bit of that Dark Souls, Demon Souls, little Bloodborne little, little, little vibe. Bit of, uh, a little bit Bushido Blade 1. Yeah. Know, the, the, the tension of those yeah, games. Yeah, absolutely right. Uh, yeah, this, like, close quarters thing right here really just mm-hmm. blew my mind. I'm like, if this is really the type of stuff that's in the game, like, sign me up. So yeah. I'm really excited for it. I know that there's a lot much more else to talk about. They've shown so little of it at this point. Yeah, some Vikings. So. Yeah. <laughs> Is that a Viking right there? I think it's a so Viking. So I guess it was known already that Vikings were in the game. It's either a Viking or a, or a like a barbarian or a Mongol. But you, it looks looks vi- I'm I'm no expert, but uh, looks Viking to me. Here's a game that a lot of people are forgetting. I saw a lot of previews for E3 at various websites and where they go publisher by publisher. Kind of what we're doing right now. Nobody mentioned this game, South Park. That game just was shown at E3 and then kind of vanished. And completely vanished. Like, <laughs> yeah. Best title for a game ever. <laughs> Literally, like, ever. But, you know, the first South Park RPG won, like, a ton of awards. Yeah. Like, it was pretty good. It was pretty good. Like, I really enjoyed it. I mean, obviously, they're going to learn some things from their first outing to make it better this time. Um, I think this game could maybe have a shot. Yeah. At, you know, being in the game of show discussions, depending on whether we get exposed to it. Last year, all we got was a trailer. Didn't get to play it. Um, I'm assuming this year we'll get to play it, although it is completely gone underground. Like, there has not been a single piece of media, a single press release, no new screenshots, nothing for this game for the whole year. That's cool. Like, work on it and make it good and get it out. Yeah. Like, if you, if you got to run silent for that... I got no problem. Ubisoft struck gold with this. Because remember, wasn't THQ the original publisher of this yes. game? Yes. And they probably bought it for a bag of hockey pucks. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and that game could do gangbuster sales-wise as could well. Could be. And, uh, yeah, the fractured butthole is uh, certainly <laughs> fractured something that butt sticks in your head. Butthole. Makes you, like, you want more of the games just because you want to see what they call them. <laughs> right. Uh, Assassin's Creed. You think we're going to see Assassin's Creed at E3? No. No? I don't think we'll see Assassin's Creed. I think we'll we'll get a big reveal of next year's at next year's E3, and I think they're going. I think I think they're just going to let that series cool off. No mention of it or anything. I don't think so. Unless unless like I don't know, there's like a mobile thing or like a another installment of Chronicles. Or in terms of like a like next year's real you know full fledged installment, I think they're going to run completely silent. I don't know. I mean, that would break their pattern because usually the pattern is well, yeah, they're not releasing anything. They do this a pre- year, right. So. They do a press event in April ish. Then you know they do that initial preview round with the press, and then it's shown at E3 in full, and then it comes out mm-hmm. six months later. Let let people like want it. Like you know, let it cool. Let Are it they going to ever want it again? I mean, depending on what they do with it, yeah, I'd be happy to see Assassin's Creed comes back. I mean, the movie, maybe, is the movie coming out next year? The movie's coming out the week after Star Wars in December, 
and it's going to get buried oh, yeah. as a result. <laughs> it sure is. So it's probably not the smartest. I should decision. add that War- Warcraft is on on track to make about thirty million this opening weekend domestically, which is actually lower than I expected it. I, th- yeah. I thought it was going to make forty. Did great in China. Yeah, broke records <laughs> in China. I mean, it's it's going to be very interesting. I I think. It didn't it beat Star Wars in China? It beat everything in China. That's it set, it set it set a new Tuesday night preview midnight screening record in China, and I think it's on track to beat uh, Fast and the Furious uh, Seven, which That's was like crazy. the previous previous overseas record, which holder. is even crazier. Um, yeah, I mean, Furious Seven was. <laughs> I mean, that was the Furious Fast and the Furious movies are overseas juggernauts. But um, to me, here's the thing. Like, I mean, it costs like 160 million to make that movie. Yeah, it's going to be hard to make a profit because usually you get a smaller cut of the box office from China. But Legendary uh, Pictures is owned by a Chinese company, which means they might have a better revenue cut than a normal American studio might get. So I think what's going to happen with Warcraft, because the the movie, if I, I saw a press screening of it earlier this week. Um, it's one act of a three-act story. It's uh, not a complete movie. Got, yeah. There's nothing there. Like, you get to the end and you're like, what? Like, that was it? Like, there's, not, there's no resolution, no nothing. So, clearly they expect to make more of these things. I think what's going to happen is going to be a big enough hit in China uh, that they're going to be able to justify doing at least one more. They're going to cut the budget way down to like $50 million or so. And they're going to do the Star Trek thing. The Star Trek movies used to do this thing where like, they calculate exactly how much money you're going to make, and then they decided, like, we'll set the budget to this, and that will be we're profitable. We're guaranteed to make money. And we're yeah. good. And so I think that's what's going to happen. The similar thing could happen with Assassin's Creed, the movie. Uh, it definitely has more star power in the mainstream because it's got Michael Fassbender. Right. But I don't know if you're going to be able to break out of this. It's kind of trapped between Christmas and Star Wars, and I don't know if... People are going to want to go see Michael Fassbender assassinate people as their holiday <laughs> film. So we'll see. I mean, we'll it's see. It's going to be weird having a Ubisoft press conference without Assassin's Creed. It yeah. will be the first time in like seven years. At least. That's yeah. crazy to think about. Yeah. But it needed to happen. It needed to be done. I mean, remember, next year is Assassin's Creed's uh, 10th anniversary. Yeah. Yep. It's been 10 years. It's insane, dude. Because I still, I still kind of think of that series as new. Yeah, so do I. It's not new at all. Because <laughs> we're fucking old. Yeah, you're totally right. Uh, the last thing we're going to talk about with Yubi is just VR. Ubisoft seems to be into VR much more than other third-party publishers. Um, there's already three game, two games that's announced. They said it, Yubi said it's there are three more coming uh, at E3. For whatever reason, it's been much more brave jumping into the VR waters. Mm-hmm. Uh, in contrast to the to Take Two, whose CEO says basically over my dead body will make well, VR games. Ubisoft has the advantage that they tend to make money a hand over fist on their normal releases, so they yeah. can kind of take some risks here yeah. and there. And they they love being first. Well, they, who knows what will even happen once Vivendi <laughs> completes its hostile takeover? Mm, yeah, it took over GameLoft, which was also like owned by the Guimont. Mm. Like. What's going That's on? That's a dirty pool, man. Yeah. What's going on there? So it'll be interesting. This may be like the last Yubi press conference with like the same spirit it's always had. Yeah, because I mean, then be... what happens? Does it get lumped in with Activision? I don't even know. I don't know. Activision Blizzard is its own. Thing. Yeah, but isn't that is it, was Vivendi related to that stuff? I don't think so. I think no. Vivendi sold all its shares okay. out of that. Yeah, they're out. Like they're completely out of games right now, and they're trying to get back in. Mm. Which you had it already, like. I have my issues in places with how Ubisoft runs things, but I don't think I want to see what Vivendi will do. I definitely do not. Do not. Because I I guarantee you a lot of people will leave Ubisoft if that happens. You'll have a huge brain drain. Yep. 
That'll be a problem. All right, let's move on. Let's talk about Microsoft. Like I said at the beginning of the show, there's an opportunity here now for Microsoft to make a splash with the hardware.、Mm-hmm. Sony not showing the Neo. Xbox does show the Scorpion or whatever the Scorpio. hell is being Scorpio. They can make a big splash here、mm-hmm. if they big price drop of Xbox One and say, "Here's the other version." Like Xbox One needs a price drop at E3. It has to happen. Yeah, I hate to tell them that. Like you know, the battle's over. Like at this point, you need to get enough boxes out there so you can make money off your software. And the way they do that is to drop the price. And you know, introducing a new piece of hardware when your current piece of hardware isn't selling all that great at the price it's at.、Mm-hmm. It's like, to me, either you keep the hardware you got and you drop the price, or you get the new, more powerful hardware and sell it at the same price. You can't sell the new hardware for more than what people are paying for Xbox One right now, in my opinion, anyway. If you want it to have any kind of success, be with a、it. tough sell. Re- to me, a really tough sell.、Um, so hardware-wise, there is kind of a crack there where Microsoft could kind of slide in there and have a big show,、mm-hmm. um, showing off their new hardware. Let's talk software. Gears of War Four. Uh, played the I, beta, liked it, didn't love it. I expect this will be one of their tent poles. Oh yeah, this will be like their big game、mm. of E3. Hopefully, a better demo than last year. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it can get any worse <laughs> for a game that's that exciting. Generally,、yeah. I mean, they made it seem as boring and dull as possible. I have a feeling that the demo at this year's show will be guns blazing. Yeah, like Cliff Blazinski style. Like Cliff used to show. The best section of Gears of War、right. at E3. Whereas, like last year, kind of had this thing. It's like, oh, it's the Thinking Man Gears、yeah. of War. Like, no <laughs> one wants the Thinking Man's Ge- Gears of War. We just want to see things get chainsawed. Like, you never realized you were watching the best part of a Gears game at E3 until you w- would play it. Then you'd be、mm-hmm. like, oh, the best part of this whole game was a part that they showed at E3, which is really smart.、Yeah. Like, if you're trying to sell your game, that's what you should do. I look for them to change tact at E3 and have a guns blazing demo of this game to really get people excited about it because people are apathetic about this game. Yeah, like really apathetic about it. Even people who are big Xbox 360 fans, 360 owners, the hype around this is just so low. And、uh, I don't know. They've got to do something. Like the the beta came and went. There was really no hype around it at all. They put up a comparison screenshot on Twitter yesterday, showing that the graphics in the multiplayer have been drastically improved. Like really drastically. I'm not like being facetious. Like it's like night and day what they've done since the beta.、Um, so they've made a lot of progress in just a few months on the multiplayer visuals. And you know their goal there is to hit that 60 frames a second. So I don't know. This is another franchise to me that's teetering on the brink. Like I felt like Halo was, and still kind of is. But I feel like a lot of people are over Halo, and I feel like a lot of people are over Gears of War at this point. Like I feel like it needs to have one a good showing at E3, and two, this game needs to be really freaking good.、Mm-hmm. Or Microsoft's two biggest IPs could be on life support and going to PC. Yeah, <laughs> I. Don't care about Gears of War at this point. I, I'm. This thing needs to show me something. I don't know what it needs to show me to get. Yeah. Me to, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I'll be perfectly、I'm, honest with you. I played the multiplayer, and I was just like, I've done this already. Like,、mm-hmm. I really just felt like I had played this already for hundreds of hours because I had. It's like there's nothing unique about it at all. And I think what you're seeing with Bethesda with Doom is like, yeah, people love the campaign, but it only goes so far. If you want to become a part of like pop culture lexicon. And you want to see your game in the sales charts after the first month? 
it has to have some kind of a special multiplayer spark, or it's yeah. going to have its one flash in the pan. It's going to sell well for one month, and then it's going to be in tenth spot in month two, and then never seen again. I mean, if you want to have, you want to put up GTA, Call of Duty type numbers, that's what you've got to do. And based upon what I played of the multiplayer so far, it definitely does not have the magical sauce that it's going to need. So we'll see. It needs to have a really good showing. Halo Wars Two. Do you care about this at all, man? Uh, no. Me either. I really don't. Like, the novelty of the first Halo Wars, I was like, this is cool. Yeah. Like, I have a Warthog unit, <laughs> like, in a strategy game. That's oh, look, cool. Look at the little elite with the sword. That's, yeah, yeah, oh, that's yeah, so that's cute. Cool. It had a really cool CG intro, as yeah, I recall. But literally, after the first, like, I think I even got the game free or something. And I think I played it for, like, an hour and a half. And was like, I don't really care. Maybe if, like, if they, like everything else, this goes to PC, maybe I'd like to play it with a mouse. Yeah. That might, might be... A part, part of my problem with it was, like, I have never found an RTS, like, controller interface acceptable. Yeah. I mean, it, this here in, you know, like, like uh, I think Battle for Middle-Earth 2 on the Xbox 360 was pretty good. Yeah. For what it was, but, yeah. like, I would never choose it. Halo Wars 2, I... Again, going back to what I said before about how the shine has worn off the Halo star at this point. Mm -hmm. I mean, look, they just put Warthogs back in Halo 5 and nobody could care less. Like, people have just lost interest in the franchise. And so, this made sense back when Halo was, like, one of the top three IPs in the industry. I mean, I think I could probably go so far as to say that at one point it was top five, at least, IPs in the industry. Then, doing an RTS spinoff of a top five property made sense. Now that Halo has kind of sunk back and with the pack, I don't know that this makes any sense at all, to be honest with you. Um, one thing I will say, and if you look at the graphic, it says Vicious Cycle. You know, Microsoft has fallen into this Vicious Cycle, where it's Halo, Gears of War, Forza, over mm -hmm. and over and over again. Now they don't even have Fable to break it up now. No, they don't. No, because they dropped that. Although, who knows? That may end up coming back. There's weird, like, mm -hmm. crowdfunding stuff that might be happening or whatever. I but, mean, this is, I guess there's probably, so just, Halo Wars 2 just looks stream as like, we needed to fill a slot. Yeah. To me. Yeah. And they're like, this. these guys have already made one. They could probably get one done in 18 months mm -hmm. or two years. So, so let's start talking. And I think about it's also something of a red herring because what I actually expect to see uh, is I think they're, you're going to see a new Age of Empires. Oh, because Age of Empires 2 HD sold so damn well. Yeah, it did. Shockingly well. Yeah. They even made new DLC for it. Yeah. And I think I think you're going to see more more Age of Empires. I think they're going to they have some of that. I like that in the prediction. Pipeline. We're not even at our predictions yet. I didn't think of that until you just started talking about Halo Wars 2 because I right. wasn't even thinking about Halo Wars 2. Yeah. But that reminded me of Ensemble, and I'm like. Oh, yeah. They make this other game. It's the other thing that's worked out pretty well. Yeah, yeah maybe they'll do that. Okay. Uh, Scalebound, delayed out of 2016 into 2017. Bastards. This is Xbox One's ace in the hole, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. This, to me, is the one game that, if it turns out to be excellent, could actually move hardware. Yeah. You're not, you're not just counting on your existing fans who love Halo and Forza and Gears. Odds that, scale, odds that Scalebound is one of the reasons for the new hardware? Mm, that's maybe, an interesting Maybe point. they ran into some performance problems that could only be solved by a, a bit of a boost? That could be. I don't know that I see that with this game personally, though. 
I don't know. I feel like that might just be poor programming that on the could part. Be. <laughs> well, you know, you never know who's. I mean, it looks good, one. but it's not one of the best. It wouldn't even be one of the best looking Xbox One games, I don't think. No, well, even like you look at this and it's just like, oh, it's look at the frames. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's, it's struggling. Falling away. Yeah, <laughs> just losing those frames left and right. But you're right. I mean, could this this could be part of the impetus to have better yeah. hardware, or it could just be. Or it could have just been like we're making this new thing. This is going to run a lot better on the new thing. Let's just wait. Or it could just be, oh man, we really screwed up, and Xbox One is way too underpowered. Yeah, it could be it too. <laughs> it could be a bunch of those things. I mean, for me personally, Scalebound is the most important Xbox One exclusive to me. I would. There's I would no agree, other Xbox One exclusive I care more about than this game. I might put Crackdown Three over it if Crackdown Two had been better. <laughs> now I don't trust it. <laughs> You know what I mean? I know, I've talked about it on the show before. I know you I don't care about Crackdown. No affinity for Crackdown whatsoever. I thought it sucked from the very first one and the second one, and it didn't suck. It was just a mediocre game that, for whatever reason, some people seem to get into, and I just wasn't one of them. So. Right. And, you know, I'm not going to diss anybody who does like it. It's just not my cup of tea. Uh, let's talk about Sea of Thieves. Mm-hmm. We haven't really seen anything of that for a year. No. Well, they've done a little. They've done little stuff. Like they put out like uh, the soundtrack for it. They've done like a bunch mm-hmm. of fan competitions for it. So you think this is like going to be like a Destiny d- division kind of thing, like a, like a modern MMO take? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. 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 I mean, different. It's mm-hmm. a pirate's life for ye. Like it's not another like military shooter drab awful future that you don't want to be a part of type video game. It's an awful past you wouldn't want to be a part of. <laughs> but it's got colors. It does have color. And it has water and it has boats. But that's what I'm saying. It's like, that makes it completely different already. It's like mm. you're on ships, like, presumably fighting other people in ships that are the, and these ships are full of people, real people who are playing online. I mean, that sounds pretty fun. Yeah. I mean, you think about what were the best parts of the last couple Assassin's Creed games. Yeah. That. And you weren't able to, like, join up with, like, ten of your buddies and hop on a ship and hit the seven seas and, like, try to board other people's ships and take their ships. I mean, imagine if that's what it is. It's, like, you going out on the seas as marauders and, like, overtaking people's ships and then adding that ship to your fleet. Mm-hmm. And then you can put 20 people in your crew and go out and try to take off I'll, take ships. I want to be that guy that pulls a rope. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's, that's what I want to do in a, in a video game. Yeah, uh, look, it's rare. Rare is a complete wild card right now. Yeah. I mean, they it really is. Like, there's just no two bits about it. I mean, once upon a time, obviously that wouldn't have been the case, but now they are. But one thing I will say is, on a technical level, it looks like they've still got some pretty damn good programmers there. Yeah, there might be some juice in the tank. Yeah, so. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like this game, what we've seen of it, looks pretty darn good. Yeah. Like. What all that's left is to find out what really the game. We know it's like an MMO already, but we just don't know the nuts and bolts of the gameplay, and that should be shown in full. I expect to get a huge demo of this game mm-hmm. at the E3 press conference for Microsoft. At least I hope so. I hope so. I mean, the game is. They still don't have a release date for it. I don't think we'll see it this year. Yeah. It's a rare game. Rare games come in their own time. They do, but. They're owned by Microsoft now, so <laughs> things change when you get a new owner. Yeah. And yet, Microsoft may have learned what happens when you rush Rare. Yeah. 
Best looking water ever, by the way. Yeah, it's good. It is the, the best looking video game water I've ever seen. I'm more concerned with seen. what the bottom of an of a avatar's foot looks yeah. like. <laughs> well, he's all, he works on uh, HoloLens, HoloLens now, now, so yeah. you don't have to worry about that. <laughs> uh, Crackdown 3, we kind of talked about that already. Yeah. I don't think that game's coming this year. I think, you're, supposed I think to be you're probably like, right, but it's too, that's weird. There was supposed to be a beta this summer. Mm-hmm. Or there maybe there still is supposed to be one. Yeah, well, summer just started. So. They had, right. They had mentioned that uh, it may release as multiplayer only at first. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, it was like a multiplayer only thing. They'll add a campaign layers. Like, what is it? Street Fighter Five? That makes no sense whatsoever. No. For a game like Crackdown, I mean, Crackdown is a single player game, at least to the best of my recollection. Am well, I crazy? Like, well, the second one had co-op. Right. I mean, they both had co-op. Yeah. Co-op didn't work too well in the first one, but it is a lot of more. It's a lot more fun with a friend. But, uh, I don't know. Like, there wasn't really a distinction between campaign and multiplayer in, in the other two. Like, it was like it was either you were playing by yourself or you were playing with friends in the city as co-op. Right. So, you're kind of like, well, what are you shipping? Yeah. I mean, you could go to events and, like, ha- like start multiplayer events that were, like, competitive and stuff. But, like, you had to, you got to wonder what they're doing. I don't know. And then there was, like, that whole thing about, like, how destructible environments are only in one of the modes. Like, I don't remember which one was which, but it was like, that's weird. Why would... I don't. I don't know. I, I think there's a lot of weird stuff going on behind the scenes we'll never know about on that game. But I do expect them to show it. The tech for that game has been impressive. Yeah, I'll say that much. Like that gets gets me excited um, if they make good use of it. But who knows? We'll see. Mm-hmm. Uh, Recore, another game that was shown at E3. We haven't heard a peep from since. Um, Inafune is working on this game. I feel like this man at this point is stretched completely too hmm. thin. I have a feeling he's working on it with some guy who used to work on Metroid Prime. Mm. I'm guessing the guy who worked for on Metroid Prime is doing all the heavy lifting here, and Inafune is just peeking his head in every once in a while. Yeah. Inafune is buried under Mighty Number no. Nine death threats. Yeah, yeah, it's been a rough ride for Mighty Number no. Nine, and then that trailer that came out. <laughs> I have never seen a developer disavow publicity that hard before in my life. Like it's like we didn't do that. Like, we had nothing to do with it. It was our, what, our publishing partner or whatever. It was... How did Deep Silver allow that to happen, dude? I don't know, man. Deep Make Sil- fun of your entire user base. Who would put? It... Who do they think are going to buy that game? You remember the time Deep it's Silver's... It's a freaking Mega Man You remember the time off. Deep Silver's bonus thing for the Dead Island Riptide thing was a disembodied female torso with knife wounds That's in right, it? That's right, yeah. Like, Deep Silver sometimes goes way off they the deep, deep end. Yeah, deep, <laughs> Maybe that's where the name comes from. A Deep Silver end. Yeah. Recore, I mean, all we've really seen is just a CG trailer. Yeah. I mean, that wasn't even the game that they showed us at E3 last year. I mean, it's year. kind of like, it's it's almost like a teaser trailer where it's like, in the tradition of Ori and the Blind Forest, right. Microsoft brings you a weird indie thing. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so, I mean, I'm, you got my attention, yeah. but I, I need to see some stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's really not much to say about yeah. the game. I mean, because I, I assume it's going to be there. It's got to be there. I mean, Microsoft needs games. Yeah. I mean... Mars needs women, Microsoft needs games. Yeah, yeah. Um, a barren wasteland. So what else can we really say about Microsoft? I mean... Uh, there's going to be another Forza. Forza yeah, Horizon Forza will Horizon be there. Um, there'll probably there'll probably be a section about Windows 10. Yep. And always... What's that whole project called where the, the whole Windows 10, Xbox, there's a name for it, like Helix or something like that? Yeah. Their whole cross the convergence, project. basically. Of, of yeah. Those, yeah, I'm sure they'll be... They'll talk about that. I imagine that's part of the new Xbox hardware as well. Like, there's kind of a Windows 10 box feel to it. Phantom Dust. Do we see it again? 
Maybe, but I'm not going to put money on it or yeah, anything. Yeah, I would either. And so... They, yeah. need, they need new IP more than any of the big yeah. three. Like, they need it bad. Like, they need new series that they can build on. I mean, look, Sea of Thieves, maybe that could be it. Scalebound, maybe that could be yeah. it. But... But it'd be nice to have something this year. Yeah, I mean... I'm sick of playing those same three games. Yeah. And I was sick of playing Fable, too. Like, It's been a long time since I played Fable, now that I think about it. I, I mean, mean, it doesn't surprise me. Last Fable was five years ago, I and you count the stupid Kinect game, yeah. and I do not. Yeah, I don't either. It, but, you know, it, it, they've been grinding on these same three or four franchises now for what seems like seven years. Mm-hmm. And at some point, it's like it's got to stop. Years. Yeah, like... I hope this is the E3 where they turn the page. I also wouldn't be surprised if there's a big push for, like, VR and HoloLens. That was a, mm. one of PAX's predictions, that he thought that it might be a stealth HoloLens press conference. Uh, well, that gets into one of my uh, predictions. predictions. All right, well, then we'll hold that. All right, let's move on to EA at E3. Mm-hmm. Another publisher that has a possibility of having a pretty good showing, I think. Yeah. Um, Battlefield 1, to me, has turned out to be far bigger of a deal than I ever imagined. Yeah, I would not have thought... I mean, let alone the World War One angle, I would not have thought Battlefield had this much gas in the tank. Yeah, I mean, it, it's the most liked video game, yeah. YouTube video ever, now, while pa- the new Call of Duty is the most disliked. Yeah, and I'm sure those two things are related. Yeah, oh, exactly, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, and it's, you know, but it's, it's a little shocking after, you know, after, after Hardline... You're kind of ready to write this stuff off, this series off. I mean, and Battlefield 4. Yeah. I mean, that was pretty much an unmitigated disaster. The servers were total garbage. I mean, they got it working eventually, but I think it was too late. For me, it was way too late. Like, man. Like, I I kept going back. I'm like, I want this game to be good. It looks so good on my PC. It's like, I want to play this. Like, make it work. And, like, after a couple months, I just gave up and never went back. And Mm -hmm. then Hardline, like... That doesn't even feel like a Battlefield game to me. They probably should have named that game something else. Like, it was like, yeah. uh, I don't know, it was like Battlefield Dub Edition or some crap. <laughs> like, it just didn't make any sense within the universe. Like, mm-hmm. and so also this kind one... of bad timing. Unfortunately, not that not that they could have controlled it, but like, it hit right around the whole lot of the police uh, brutality and and yeah. and uh, you know. It was just a bad scene it was, for when it yeah. happened. I didn't really enjoy the multiplayer in it all that much. Like, I don't know. I thought the campaign was pretty much garbage. Mm. I mean, Battlefield campaigns are always garbage. They haven't been good, no. They do a good job of showing those at E3, though, man. Yeah. yeah. I remember, like, the one where the building's, like, falling down on you. I was like, oh, my God, this campaign's going to be incredible. And I it played it in, like, first of all, it was, like, four hours long. Second of all, an hour into it, I was like, this is the most hackneyed, cockeyed piece of garbage. Mm -hmm. They just try so hard to be Call of Duty, and they just can't seem to pull it off. They they need to find their identity. Yeah, and maybe this is a game that does it. Maybe. It is completely different. Certainly you can't really follow the Call of Duty template with this one. Yeah. You know, like, like, you could see them trying to struggle to kind of match modern warfare with the same sort of tools. Yeah. But now you're like you're in your own dimension with this, and you can't like say, "Oh, we'll do this just like Call of Duty did World War One," because it's never been done. Yeah. So hopefully, this is where they find their verve. I also, you know, hope that the game isn't boring. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like 
I, I feel like a lot of people are just overwhelmingly reacting to it positively just because it's different. And they aren't really thinking about, like, what will it be like to play a world, a game, a shooter, a multiplayer shooter, or a campaign where all you have is, like, simple bolt-action rifles and, like, clubs, like, mm -hmm. and mustard gas, like... How about just, like, I hope they remember that the Frostbite engine can, like, destroy stuff? Yeah. Like, no, they said there was going to be destruction. Okay, well, because that's one of the things that's been really weird about Battlefield 3 and 4's campaign was, like, it really seemed to underutilize the ability to destroy things. I missed that in the multiplayer, too. I remember uh, Bad Company 2, at the end of, like, a, of a Gold Rush game, like, the battlefield was flat. Yeah. Like, it was leveled, because everyone awesome. was just yeah. launching mortars everywhere yeah. and, like, artillery and stuff, and, like... Like by the end of it, like you, you know, you're like you had nowhere to hide. Like, like the the you had a, you had firefights in a hut that was no longer there yeah. anymore, and it was great. And I hope they kind of bring that back to some degree and and let you because like that's World War One is perfect for that because you had that no man's land situation where you just had that whole acres of land just burned and shelled out to nothing. And like I hope they kind of capture that. That actually segues perfectly to the next game we're going to talk about, Titanfall Two. Mm. That game, to me, needs destruction. Yeah. Because, like, the first Titanfall, it's like you're this little puny human running around the battlefield with these huge, gigantic metal behemoths. Mm -hmm. But all you had to do was just, like, run into, like, an outhouse. <laughs> and you're, like, perfectly safe. Like, they need to have damage in Titanfall yeah. too. Like, you need to be able to go up to, like, a building in a mech and just smash it, dude, and have people inside going, ah! Yeah, well, you need to be able to, like, knock an enemy mech through a building. You need to be able to, like, run and, like, through a building. Yeah. Like, and, like, I, like I, want, I, I want in my, my head sees, like, run, you know, a firefight in, you know, inside a building, and then suddenly, at the, like, outside, and one of your mechs punches the enemy mech backwards, and it, and it just falls through the building, and all of a sudden, like, everyone's cover's gone, like, no one knows what's going on. Or, like, the enemy, there's a bunch of people inside a building, and they're, like, popping up from a window and, like, shooting at you, and your, your ally mech just comes in and just sticks his fist right in the wall, mm -hmm. and they're just exposed, and then pop, 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 like... There's so much cool stuff that could be done with yeah. destructibility in Titanfall 2. And I'm really, really hoping that's the case. I'm going to squeeze it out of Abby. Mm -hmm. Try to get the information. She's pretty good, though, i got to say. Oh, yeah. She doesn't give up the info. She's a, she's a tough cookie. So, yeah, Titanfall 2, obviously, the other really huge game. Mm -hmm. well, actually, there's more than two huge games yeah. from EA. But in terms of, like, this year's. Yep. Yeah. I think it's coming out this year. See, it sounds like it. Seems like it. Sounds like it. That's what all the talk is, mm -hmm. but we'll see. I don't know. Just fiscal. Like, I mean, we'll yeah, see. I, I would not be shocked to see Titanfall two end up slipping out to that February yeah. March time frame. It would suck because that would mean Q four would be starting to get a little thin at that point. But uh, but we'll see. Uh, Mass Effect Andromeda. To me, this is going to be it's finally its big coming mm -hmm. out party. I totally feel like this game could end up being game of the show, or at least very much in the discussion. We know so little about it, and a lot of times that is one of the key components to a game having a good E3 mm -hmm. is the limited knowledge about it beforehand. Knowing, so it but not knowing very much. So you care enough to learn more, and then you get there, and they give you the mother load of information, and it's not, a lot of times that's just enough to really get the press going for it. Um, I still can't believe we've seen so little of this game as long as it's been in development. I mean, look, mm -hmm. BioWare is notoriously pretty cagey. But, man, like, yeah. they've been really tight-lipped about this game. I'm just curious. I mean, 
I love the Mass Effect games, and my thing with this is like Mass Effect to me is Shepard and those characters. Yeah. And you're this Mass Effect Andromeda is going to have to just it has it's, Bioware is going to have to be at the top of its game like never before to pull me in and make me accept this new group or this new main character like whatever like I don't know how this game is going to make me stop thinking about like I liked Garrus better you know like, <laughs> I, like, I don't know how I'm going to play this game and not constantly compare it to this like great experience I had with all these other memorable characters and feel like these new characters come up don't come up short I don't even look at it I don't know way. I don't know why it's Mass Effect I know yeah. it's Mass Effect because you want brand recognition and people to automatically buy the thing it says the name of the thing they liked before but to me like I'm looking at this and I'm like I see the trappings I don't know if I don't know if you can carry Mass Effect past the original the trilogy focusing on Shepard with me. That yeah. might just be a me thing. I feel like they did um, a pretty despite all the anger over the ending. Like I actually oh, yeah. felt like they tied it up pretty well. Like I felt like I kind of bid adieu to them. And... Oh, the, the the ending of Mass Effect Three. First off, I don't find it that horrible. Yeah. I think especially once they patched it and added some more stuff. And the Citadel DLC is really the real ending. Let's be honest. Um, to me, it's like. Mass Effect 3 was 39 hours and 45 minutes of, like, wow, awesome, like, denouement of yeah. all these characters I loved playing with in the other two games. And then 15 minutes of, like, what? Like, yeah. like, like that was... And you can't spoil the whole experience, that 15 right. minutes. Yeah. But, like, part, but like, so it doesn't bother me that much in the end. I played it twice, and, you know, the updated ending was better. But, like, I think part of my frustration with it just came from the fact that um, the the writer previously said like oh we came up with a really cool ending we didn't use it in Mass Effect two because we had to save it for Mass Effect right, three and yeah. I'm like you know I kind of like fighting the giant skeleton reaper better yeah. if you're really gonna get down to it so yeah um, it does change your perspective a little but bit. I just you know Mass Effect Andromeda has a very hard uphill battle to win me over because like you have to, you're gonna have to justify why you named this Mass Effect I think you're gonna be in the minority when when all the dust is settled at E3. I think it's gonna be one of the games everyone's talking about. It depends how much they uh, embrace the exploration idea that they never quite got to in the in the original trilogy. There was, you know, there was a little bit of it there in Mass Effect One where you had to drive the Mako over giant empty environments and find weird little Prothean relics. Um, but if you can take the idea, kind of like what they did in Starflight, where like you could go to all the planets and mine stuff. It was very much like if you almost No Man's Sky-y, I guess, in that regard. If you really embrace the exploration aspect of Mass Effect on top of giving me a story and characters as as, as interesting and rich as the originals, uh, you'll have me. But good luck. <laughs> all right. Star Wars. Obviously, EA has the deal with Disney mm-hmm. for Star Wars games. You think we'll see Amy Hennig's Star Wars game at E3? Even if just like just a teaser trailer or anything. I think at most I think they will give us a title and like like the original Battlefront teaser, which was like what, like ten seconds right. of a snowspeeder yeah. or something? I think that that's it. Yeah, I would agree with that. I don't even think we'll see that to be honest with you. Probably not. Um, the motive one that's being developed in Montreal, I think it is. Mm-hmm. I don't think we'll that's, see that's years out. I mean, frankly, I think next year's Star Wars game is Battlefront Two. That's what I think too, man. So and I don't know if you show that. I think maybe you show a new expansion pack. Do you really need to? Not really. Not really. It's, but you know, maybe you show the Death Star expansion expansion pack a little bit of that, and you're done. Yeah, it's hard though if you're EA to not show your Star Wars games. Yeah, because you have so much money tied up into it. But like, remember, EA isn't necessarily the one calling that shot. Yeah, that's Lucasfilm. That's true. That's a good point. And Lucasfilm has their plans. And if Hennig's game, okay, look. 
Hennig's game is presumably coming out in 2018, right? What's the 2018 Star Wars movie? The young Han Solo picture. Uh, so you've got someone who worked Hennig's on... Hennig's game should come out before 2018. You worked on, you worked on Uncharted uh, about a lovable rogue who explores things with guns right. and fights off bounty hunters. Yeah. And you've got a Han Solo get movie coming out in yeah. 2018. Uh they're, that they might, does make a lot of sense. They might not be able to talk about it because you know Lucasfilm hasn't announced the title of the new movie yet. Maybe right. know, it might be tied in too hard. Well, it's not like Battlefront had you know a name that really had anything to do with the Force Awakens. No, but I'm, I'm saying like not every EA game is necessarily going to be unrelated to the movies beyond just using a setting. Yeah, I mean, and, I hope that it isn't just like a retelling of the movie though. Like I don't I think I don't think it would be game. I mean, I'd be okay with a couple characters but, from that movie being in the game, but right, but. Presumably, young Han Solo had more adventures than just what's in the movie, and you could oh, probably you make him. a whole open world game about you know Amy Hennig style writing about Han Solo and his wacky friends and all. He's that. actually yeah. a lot like Drake. Oh yeah, no, oh, Drake's a lot like him. Right? Yeah, touche. <laughs> I mean, yeah, touche. But I mean, Drake is based on every Harrison Ford character ever, and to yeah. some degree, right down to the Get Off My Plane action. You're right. Yeah. Uncharted Three. So yeah. Um, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if that was just sort of a natural fit there. No, it makes I am. Sense, Blindly man. speculating. I know nothing about this game. I don't know about y'all, but that makes perfect sense. Yeah. I think Matt just figured out Amy Hennig's game. That's my I love thought. It. That's my guess. Yeah, motive. I don't think we'll see anything. No, I think that's way out. Yep. Um, quickly, did you play Catalyst? Mirrors at Catalyst? No. I did. Yeah. I'm uh, not a fan. No. Yeah, pretty disappointed in that game. So I, I wasn't. It just whatever reason, I they, the reviews sort of like turned me off, and uh, in the end, I decided uh, if I didn't have to play it for this show, I wasn't going to bother until later. So I have no idea why EA greenlit, greenlit that game. I really don't. Hmm. I mean, the first one didn't sell very well. It's a weird concept. The second one's still a weird concept. It even seems more weird with an open world. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Uh, I was just reminiscing of E3 last year right. and how excited people were to see it. And and then it, it kind of puts everything else in perspective. It makes me think about this year's E3, and I'm like, what games am I going to see? Then I'm going to be like, oh, my God, that's awesome. And then a year later, I'm going to be sitting here going like, oh, why was I so excited for this one? <laughs> Trying to temper my enthusiasm a little bit. Uh, and then EA Sports lineup, obviously, Madden NFL 17. Um they're trying to make drastic changes to that. I don't know if they actually will. FIFA this year uh, being built on the Frostbite engine. They're completely changing the engine for that. Um, NHL actually is finally getting up to speed with uh, the NHL games from last gen. It only took three or four years for them to finally get like a legitimate franchise mode in that. So, you know, I'm sure EA will spend a little bit of time on its sports lineup. I know most people watching this don't care about that at all. And most of the people watching the press conference won't care about that at all either. Um, but otherwise, EA's lineup is a little thin. Yeah. Uh, last year, they showed Unravel. Uh, they've already said mm -hmm. they, they're making either another Unravel or that studio's making... Something else. Something else. I'm um, sure we'll get a way too long FIFA presentation. Yeah. As, as per usual. Yeah. Um, we'll probably get a look at The Sims again. Like, EA's press conferences are always like that, though, man. Like... I get why they do it. You know, they're a huge publisher, and they need to show that they're doing mobile and all these other things. But th that audience, the audience for E3, other than the 100 mainstream journalists who are sitting in the audience, no one else cares about 
typically like half of EA's press conferences. So it'll be interesting to see how they mm -hmm. work in their casual stuff with all their more core stuff. And if we get to see any of the Star Wars, I really, I don't need to see another Battlefront. Like, no. it's going to look the same. Different models, but... Different. Well, not really different maps because you, you know, Star Wars does. It's Star Wars. Desert and ice and city and swamp. Yes, that's, that's pretty much it. That's your that's your <laughs> Star Wars gamut. Yep, that's the big four, and that's it for the big six. So, <laughs> what a whirlwind that was! Going, yep. we, we, and we didn't even talk about everything. Like, there's so many other publishers we didn't talk about. We hardly talked about Nintendo. We didn't talk about 2K and Red Dead Redemption Two possibly mm -hmm. being there or the agent. Well, the they just re-upped. The trademark yeah. for agent. Well, and there's definitely there's there was artwork going up on the side of the Figueroa Hotel downtown a couple days ago that really looked like rock star art. Really? Yeah. It could be. I think. I think. I don't know. I think we. We'll get into the predictions. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I, I, I haven't seen the full thing because I haven't driven past there. But like, I saw some stuff that looked familiar to me. Okay. Uh, so we're gonna go to our trailer of the week, and after we get back from the trailer of the week, we're gonna do our E3 predictions. Uh, but as always, you might, well, maybe they should hold off on the questions because yeah, I'm sure our predictions go. are going to take a couple minutes. And uh, yeah, so we'll just give you the cue to start at sending in questions once we feel like we're wrapping up our E3 predictions. But right now, we're going to the trailer of the week. Uh, this is a trailer I talked about earlier. Horizon Zero Dawn put out a brand new trailer. I think it was to make everybody feel better about its delay. Mm -hmm. um, Soften the blow. Yeah. There hasn't been a ton of trailers for this game. In fact, we've been using that same footage of Horizon over and over for the last 12 months. It's good to get a new piece of media. This is an excellent trailer. It's called Horizon Zero Dawn. Aloy, is that how you say her name? Aloy's. Aloy's story, story trailer. Let's roll it. searching and the elders they've been holding you back the girl is a curse she came from nowhere she is no one when they told me to raise you i didn't ask questions why am i an outcast who was my mother always you pushed for answers push yourself Are worse than not knowing. 
You can help? Or you can get out of my way. Then be ready for the darkness. And be careful what you bring to light. Even if you do catch what you're after, how do you know it won't bite back? Outcast! You came from nothing. You will die a nothing. I came from somewhere. Identity confirmed. Even if it destroys me. see this through game looks awesome yep i was just telling matt there's the one shot where the big dinosaur's foot like smashes right in the frame and i was like there are more polygons in that foot than there were in entire levels of super mario 64 <laughs> it's just incredible it's just crazy how far things have evolved yep. like it's just amazing it's, uh, it's just so 20 proud. years makes a difference it really does it's very proud to be a part of this industry and see the stuff that these uh these geniuses are doing uh just really incredible stuff so it has come the time for us to make our e3 predictions matt and i both have five predictions we're going to take turns and we'll explain briefly uh why we believe our prediction will come to fruition matt you go first um i think and i don't like making this prediction but uh, we are not going to see a new Elder Scrolls announced at all. Rumors have been uh, swirling, Matt. They have been, but I think if they had an Elder Scrolls Six to show, they would not be doing Skyrim Remastered. Which and is I know still that's just not a just a rumor, but if the Skyrim Remastered is a, is real, I think it's to make up for the fact that they don't have Elder Scrolls Six ready this year or possibly next year. I can see that, but it does seem like. A new Elder Scrolls game should be like here. It does, but if they, you know, I think they've had to have all hands on deck for Fallout 4 and then Fallout 4's DLC, which cannot be done yet. So I, I, I really wish, I really hope I'm wrong, but I think it's way too early for an Elder Scrolls. Now, are you saying it won't be mentioned at all? Or they'll, or the maybe they would announce it and not show the game. I think the best we'll Let's get. Specify here. I think then. the best we'll get is kind of like a. It's like now I know you're all excited for the next Elder Scrolls. Troll. But first, yeah, like, but yeah, you know, I think you're gonna get like an acknowledgement that like we know this is what you want, but here's a Skyrim remaster to tide you over kind yeah. of thing. That would be pretty heartless. It would. <laughs> It would. And I mean, I hope I'm wrong. I hope that Bethesda blows all the stops out, and even if it's not this year, they're just like, oh, hey, by the way, one more thing. Check this fantasy game out we made. You know, it would yeah. be great. But I just, I don't, I don't see it. I think they're going to focus on Fallout 4 DLC and, um, you know, Wolfenstein. The five other games we talked about. Other, I mean, they, got, they have plenty without having an Elder Scrolls, yeah. even if that is the thing I would want the most. I hate to hear that prediction. Not happy. About I can it. understand it, but I hate to hear it, and I hope you're wrong. How about that? All right. <laughs> I don't disagree. Uh, my first prediction is that Battlefield One will be blown out at the Microsoft press conference. Um, may not seem like a big deal. You may be like, "Oh, what's a big deal with that prediction?" Well, the big deal is that Sony's got all the hardware. It's got the install base. So if you're EA you would prefer to probably have that game blown out at mm -hmm. Sony's press conference. The problem is, is that Sony 
already has this weird deal with Activision for Call of Duty. And I'm guessing behind the scenes there's some funky mojo going on mm. where those two games cannot really be blown out in the same press conference. I would be shocked if I were wrong. And Microsoft already has like the deal with EA for EA Access where all the games come out early on Xbox One. Just happened with uh, Mirror's Edge Catalyst. It happens with every EA game. They're already bed buddies. Microsoft needs something big for its press conference because its first party stuff isn't getting it done. I say it's Battlefield 1. Mm -hmm. I think that's pretty likely. The only X factor is uh, I would say that Battlefront was a big Sony push. Uh, and that's also by DICE. Yeah. However, that could have been a Lucasfilm call. And also, like you say, Battlefront is not Battlefield, and it's not indirect competition with Call of Duty. Yeah. So, uh, I would... I, I rate this plausible. <laughs> I, I rate That's this. all I can ask. <laughs> At least it's plausible. All right, what's your next one? Uh, my next one is I think uh, Xbox will have some kind of like Oculus team up or partnership or some. You, know, you mean other than just other, packing other in than the what they already show, Yeah, other than that. Um, but I think there will be. I think that will be their VR push. And on top of that, I think Hololens might be MIA this year. Completely. Yes. I think. I think Hololens after all the price stuff and how it's like thousands of dollars for dev. I don't know if it's ready. I, I think we might. They might be giving it a year to cook. You know, I uh, I really thought that we wouldn't see HoloLens again, really, at E3 after last year. But once Suda had been moved over to work on that department, I knew they would mm. never put him in that position unless it was going to be a forward-facing consumer device. Mm. Um, otherwise, I just feel like it's not ready for prime time. Because, look, he is the face of something. He always has mm -hmm. been. Like, he's charismatic. He's a great dude. He knows his stuff. He's great on stage he's great on camera if they just if they were going to just let hololens become this thing that like universities and researchers use and this far-flung concept for only the rich and wealthy i don't think they would have ever put him on the project i agree with that but i just don't think that's happening until later yeah i, I think i think they've got some repositioning to do no well, i agree with you on the whole oculus thing i think microsoft would love nothing more than to nestle up with oculus because mm -hmm. look they're behind the curve like they did not invest in vr they went for ar which with this helmet that's a cost two thousand dollars right now mm -hmm. sony invested in vr microsoft has been getting left in the dust by this the best way for them to mitigate this is for them to say we're the console that works with oculus and in my opinion i completely agree with you i think the whole scorpio thing is just so xbox can run Oculus to at least the fidelity of PlayStation VR. So I think that's a great prediction, and I agree with it a million percent. My next one, and this is going to be a downer. Buckle up, folks. <laughs> E3 2016 is going to be a huge disappointment. <laughs> I just rained on everyone's parade. <laughs> uh, this, and hear, hear me out. We're at the point of the console life cycle where E3 is always disappointing because it's right in the middle. And so all the early games that were shown when the consoles were first shown were either just released or are about to be released. And you don't get like the influx of the new IPs. Like we will see far less 
new games announced at this E3 than we saw at last E3. Because last E3 was when that first round of games had just finished up. So last E3 was where you see all the new game announcements. This year is where you get to actually see them in action and actually play them for the first time. Next year they come out. Next year's E3 is where all the announcements are. That's one part of it. The other part of it is that this E3 is going to push VR like you would not believe. That is the story the industry is going to try to project and push out to the mainstream media. Because don't forget, like we said earlier, this is the one chance you have to get with Yahoo and USA Today and Forbes and the New York Times and the LA Times. This is your one chance, and VR is the big push for everybody right now. And the bottom line is, people like us, people who watch Game Face, people who go to Sifted, they don't really care about VR. Like, that's kind of the dirty little secret, is the core gamers aren't really getting on board with VR. And I completely understand why, because there hasn't been compelling experiences. Sony needs to sell PlayStation VR. We've already talked about Microsoft, how we think a big topic for them is going to be saddling up with oculus you have vive trying to survive basically Mm -hmm. maybe they should have called it survive everything is leading towards this maelstrom of people leaving e3 2016 disappointed nintendo has no presence other than zelda i'm sure zelda is going to be amazing and blow people's minds but that's all it's got there's a huge contingency of people who only care about nintendo products It's just, to me, it's all funneling towards a week from now, unsifted, people being like, E3 kind of sucked. Because it's just going to be a lot of stuff that we already know about. And that's just the the natural cycle of it. But what makes it worse this year than other, like, down years for E3 is the VR angle. And the fact that it's going to be pushed really hard, and a lot of people don't care about VR. So, there you have it. Well, always possible. It is. I hope I'm completely wrong. I hope my mind is blown like it was last mm-hmm. year at Sony's press conference. But I hope I come out of it with a different opinion of VR. Yeah. Well, there's a reason that Sony's press conference was so mind-blowing last year. It's because they announced all those games. The problem is, is now you're going to start getting those games. You can't do that every single year. So that's where I think it's headed. Mm-hmm. What's your, ne- your next uh, prediction, man? This one's kind of a minor one, but uh, I think nestled in all the Zelda hype and all the... We're not talking about NX nonsense. Uh, I think we're going to get a Western release announcement for Mother 3. Mother 3? Digital only. I think there's been some rumors swirling around this is, about that's it. That's a pretty big deal, though. Yeah. I mean, people have been waiting for this game for a long time. Yeah, and I think it's a nice bone to throw to the, the hardcore Nintendo faithful who've been waiting for it for, it for a long time. And they're getting punished right now at E3. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's one play, you know, Nintendo clearly doesn't want to wander into the uh, the retail shelf space so much, but you can do some stuff on the digital store that can tide people over and, and give the Wii U maybe a little boost. Yeah. Uh, or at least it is a re- on life support. At least a reason to turn it on. Yeah. Uh, so, I'm Tokyo Mirage Sessions. Yeah, I just got that yesterday, actually, um, for review. So, you know... Uh, I don't have any you know, real evidence of that. I realized when I, like I opened up that package that that will probably be the last Wii U game I get for review from Nintendo for, like, ever. Until Zelda comes out. Mm-hmm. Which, like, next year? Yeah. That's crazy to think about. Well, what if the NX slips? 
Does Zelda go with it? I don't know. I don't, we don't even want to talk about we're, that. We're in crazy town here. Let's just forget about that. We're not in crazy town. That's the problem. I think we'll see. I, I think there will be a Mother 3 announcement. Yeah. I have no proof of that except that it just seems like something they could do that would be nice. Yeah. I mean, the only other Wii game I, Wii U game I can think of is, like, Paper Mario? Yeah. I don't think we have a... I mean, we'll probably get a date for that. Yeah. Or an announcement that it's slipping to 2017. Yeah. Like... <laughs> what are they going to sell for Christmas? What the hell are they doing? I don't know. Memories. <laughs> Pre-orders for Zelda. <laughs> get your memories, yeah? Step right up. <laughs> uh, I like that one. I like that prediction a lot. Uh, my next prediction is... This one might be a little bold. Uh, sea of Thieves will be a game of show contender. Hmm. I think by the time the show's over, it will be on the hot list. I'm saying top five to ten games. Like a lot, a lot of. Here's the thing: a lot of publications for their like best of E3 awards now. Like, dude, they just totally cop out, and yeah. they're just like, here's 20 games that we liked. It's like it wasn't like a GT where like we picked 10. And we ranked them like ten down to one. It got those meetings got intense. I think people just got tired of arguing after E3 because they're all dead. And they're like, let's just pick twenty games that we like. Uh, so you know, it's it's not as big a deal as it would have been uh, five or six years ago when people actually like made the hard decisions uh, to have Sea of Thieves in there. But it's just to me, it's it's a genre that's really hot right now. It's an MMO, but it's completely different. It's not a shooter. It's not like some weird fantasy title. It, it's just, I look at all the games we just talked about today. It's one of the most unique and interesting games. And one thing I know about Rare, even after they had the exodus of talent, is that their products are high quality. Whether you like them or not, who knows? Like, they made the best Connect games. Like... Whatever they work on, when it comes out, it's like a high-quality product. And so they're finally doing like a full-fledged game. They've been underground. They've been waiting all this time to make a real game. And Microsoft has forced them to do Kinect crap. Like, this is like their proving ground right here. This is them saying to Microsoft, oh, we can still make real games. And mm-hmm. so if they are to fail with this game, I don't know if we'd ever see another proper console rare game. There's just... Too much on the line. There's still way too many creative people there. Still way too many funny people there. It's completely unique. I just think when the dust settles, this game is going to make a big impression. I hope so. I do too. I'm, I... Not just for the sake of me being right. I just right. would like to see Rare <laughs> make a good game again. Yeah, so. and I would like to see some good pirate stuff that yeah. doesn't require me to play Assassin's Creed around yeah. it. There you go. So. You're next. Um... I think, uh, and this this might be a little bold too, but uh, I think we will see a, a GTA Five story DLC. Mentioned. That is bold. And I think we. How will many see years after release? Many, but like I said, <laughs> the Figaro Hotel has some art that's up on it. I think I saw somebody say earlier on the chat. I just caught it out of the corner of my eye that it was like an A team game. Is it an A team game? Is it an A team game or agent? One Could or the be. other. It looks like Rockstar art. I haven't seen the whole thing. But uh, you're going you're to get something out of them, and I think I think something Red Dead is likely 
either a remaster of Red Dead Redemption or an actual sequel. Yeah. Um, either way, because like it was, you know, the, the Figaro Hotel is like three columns, and the one that was almost that was like half done was like the one on the right, and it looked it clear. It looked like rock star art to me. It that just, art like, style. That yeah. art style, and it looked like some kind of it looked kind of like a Steve Jobsy tech billionaire sort of dude. Um, so I figured it was you know something they're satirizing. So it's probably either GTA or it could be Agent. I don't you know if this Agent thing is real. And then the center was still like the outline, you know, where, where you get that kind of outline where the the people who are making the billboard thing are going to paint it down. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it sure looked like a poncho. And like you say, Rockstar and Poncho in the same sentence. I'm thinking Red Dead Redemption, <laughs> Red Dead, baby. Yep. So that's what I'm thinking. We're going to actually see some movement out of Rockstar. Then Halo saying Red Dead is an NX exclusive. Yeah, right. <laughs> That'll never happen. That's a bizarre world. Red Dead will yeah. never appear on a Nintendo console, let alone be an NX exclusive. Can you even say dead in a Nintendo game like <laughs> title? <laughs> Sorry, you have to change the title for releasing it on our system. Red Tired Redemption. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if you guys have uh, questions, you should start uh, sending them in right now. We both have like one or two predictions left. Uh, all right, my next prediction is this one's probably a no-brainer. No release date, even, for Kingdom Hearts 3. I think they'll show it. They may even show a gameplay demo, but mm-hmm. I don't think they'll even give you, like, Q4 2018. Mm-hmm. I don't think they'll give you anything. I think, one, they've been burned so many times by giving up release dates. Yeah, I think that's the key, is they have no idea. And they're sitting here eating crow right now where Final Fantasy 15 still answering questions about Versus 13 and what happened for 10 years. Like... Mm-hmm. I think Square Enix is going to be a lot more careful about setting expectations going yeah, forward. To say nothing about that Agnes philosophy thing they did right. years ago, which came to nothing. Yeah. And you know what? I wouldn't be surprised even if Kingdom Hearts came out next year. Even like Q1 or Q2 of next year, I just don't think that they're going to share the release date until like yeah. a few months out. I think Kingdom Hearts 3 is way out. How far? End of next year minimum. Yeah. Yeah, that's about right. I think Q4 next year, Kingdom Hearts mm-hmm. 3. My guess. I think it'll slip to 2018. But I think they'll announce it for Q4. It depends on what else they have next year. It depends on when the Final Fantasy VII remake comes out, honestly. True. I think it'll all hinge on that. All right, so here we are, our last two predictions for E3 2016. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one, is, I think, has a pretty good chance of being right. Uh, EA will not show Visceral Star Wars game at all. Yeah, we kind of talked about that. So yeah. wait, you're saying not at all? Not even like that 10-second, like... The 10-second thing is, like, my best-case scenario. Okay. Like, I, pr- I pretty much expect them to say nothing about it. Nothing. Best we'll get is a, is a Battlefront expansion pack. Like, hey, check out, our, check out the Death Star expansion pack coming this fall. That's so hard. If you spent that much money on that IP... Right. But to what have I, an E3 come and go... But, what I'm, but again, what I'm saying is... And I, and I had to do some work with Lucasfilm last, last fall. Uh, Lucasfilm don't care. <laughs> Luke's, Luke's film's a honey badger no, you're right. of showing content, and if Lucasfilm says no, we don't want you to do that, EA has no choice. No, you're right. Yeah, they so hold... put, it, put it this way: even Disney has to answer to Lucasfilm. No, you're right. Yeah, and they paid four billion dollars for them. I know, but they still have to listen That's to what crazy. they say. It's, a, it's the best deal you could. If you ever get sold for four billion dollars, get the same deal Lucasfilm did because they got the power. Yeah. All right, so here comes my last prediction, and people may not like this one either. After E3 2016, your opinion and your opinion and Sam's opinion of virtual reality is going to change. Hmm. 
And that is because you're finally going to start seeing real games for virtual reality. All these little crappy little mini game things. We're already starting to see it. Sony's already announced three VR games in the last week, which is weird leading up to E3 that they'd announced that many games. But this E3 is when we're going to finally start really seeing the games. Like last year, it was all tech demos. Like even companies like Ubisoft and big publishers, they were just showing these little things that they've been fiddling around with. At this E3, you're going to start seeing games where the developers have been working with the hardware now for a year and a half or two years. You're going to start seeing the real VR games, the real VR experiences. And I think when that happens, I think people are going to be a lot more open to the idea of VR. I think people are going to be a lot more willing to open up their pocketbooks and their wallets for VR. And I think kind of this whole negative, this pervading negative opinion around virtual reality will slowly start to dissipate. I think people will start getting excited for PlayStation VR. I think people, now that you can actually buy a Vive and probably get an Oculus at a store, I think you're going to start see, finally, for virtual reality, start to turn up on the upswing. I think E3 2016 is the turning point for VR. So this is sort of the counterpoint to your E3 2016 will be a disappointment prediction. I think people will be disappointed by that when they come out of E3 and, and say the big story is VR, it doesn't suck. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> think about that. True. Even though they'll be like, it doesn't suck, but that's the best thing I can say about E3 2016, it does go back to I what I was I suppose it is disappointing if you come out of E3 and your best, your best description is like, I feel all right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So that's it. Those are our E3 2016 predictions. Uh, feel free to make predictions in the comments. You only got a day. Um, I'll probably stay up all night trying to get this up so that uh, people who couldn't watch the live stream will be able to watch the archive tomorrow before the actual show kicks off on Sunday. Because it really does kick off on Sunday now, which is insane. Uh, but yeah, so throw your predictions in the comments. Love to see them. Go crazy. Because uh, you never know. Yeah. <laughs> Something that you think might be crazy, like, I don't know, Shenmue 3 might actually happen. You never know. So I'll be interested to see some pie in yeah, the sky you, stuff. If you just listed the contents of last year's Sony press conference before it happened, everyone would have laughed you off, oh, of, no off the forum. Oh, no. That would never happen. You're crazy. Like, that's like the most fanboy, crazy town lineup you could imagine. And then it happened. Yeah. Okay, let's see. Here's from Snowpiercer. We always answer a question from Snowpiercer every time. Hmm. Out of all the rumored games being shown and announced, which game do you see has the most potential to sweep the game of show Mindshare? Mm. Hmm. That's a good question. Yeah. You, you know what I'm going to say? I'm going to say we haven't seen it yet. Yeah. I think there's something we don't know about that's going to be like, whoa. But that means that it probably won't be playable, though. Never know. Yeah, I mean, there are rare occasions. What if where Shadow of Mordor it. Two pops up and it's amazing? Man, that could be. I can see that game maybe doing it. And I'm like, I, I think Shadow of Mordor One is a little overrated, but it's a it was a critical darling. And if a sequel is shown that does more and more stuff better, I think that's going to end up on a lot of game of show shortlists for for various outlets. I don't think there's a definitive answer to that. I think you could. I think Sea of Thieves is a good answer if, if they show a you know respectable chunk of it. I would say Mass Effect Andromeda. Mm. Haven't seen anything of it. We've been teased out the wazoo. I know the game's going to be good. People mm. love Mass Effect. That would be my pick. 
my guess. Not even really a pick, just totally a guess. Uh, yeah, can, here's a good one. Justin Horman. Can you remember your first time going to E3? Could you tell us about it? Yeah. Um, first time I went to E3 was 1999. Uh, I had just waited in line 13 hours for Episode 1 tickets in Santa Clara. <laughs> And then uh, my friends and I piled into a van and drove straight down to L.A. to go to E3 that week. And uh, we, were, we were in under his, under my friend's uh, audio company. He did the audio stuff, which I was not really part of, but screw it. Yeah, I wanted to see it. Yeah. I'd never been to E3 before. And I remember walking in, and it was 99, so it was episode one. And, like, so the Nintendo had the full-size pod racer hanging on their booth. And, like, I, I mean, you'd seen pictures, but I didn't. You, you weren't ready for it when you I first walk 99. in. I have a story and about 99 as well. And I remember walking in and just thinking, like, I have never been in a room in which I was interested in so many things yeah. surrounding me. It was just like, <laughs> it was impossible to look anywhere and not see something I wanted to go to. Yeah. And it was like, it was like nothing else. And I mean, this is, I've never missed an E3 since then. So this is E3, I think, 18. Yeah. Um, and... I, I can't imagine a scenario in which I wouldn't want to go forever. Like, I'll be in a wheelchair in my 80s going... going and by then, they'll be letting the public in anyway. Yeah. Yeah, we're already, we're already creeping there. Yeah. So my first E3 was in Atlanta in 97, I think it was. But I actually don't want to tell a story about that. Because really, the only it was, it was okay, but it was really freaking hot. That's pretty much mm. all I remember about it. And, like, the... There's hotels, a reason they don't go back. Yeah, the hotels were like a long ways away from the convention center there. And by the time you walked from your hotel to the convention center, you were literally completely drenched in sweat. And then you walked into the convention center and it just deep froze you. <laughs> and it just, you almost feel like crystals falling off of your face, like from the sweat just crystallizing like instantly. It was honestly not very good. Like, it was miserable. It was enough. I was, like, already into games at that point, and I thought, like, I was in college, and I thought I wanted to become a journalism major and cover games, and that was enough to convince me that that's what I wanted to do. But, like, the mm. first, like, E3 I went to in L.A. was also in 99, and I had gone to 97. I missed the next year. I think the next year it might have even just been at CES. I can't remember. But then I went back for 99. I had saved all my money. Um... To go because my whole goal was I was about to graduate from college and I wanted to be able to get a job. So I wanted to go out and like network with people. And I was running like my fan site while I was in college called Street Level Gaming. And uh, there was like us and like three other websites on the whole other inter the whole internet that did games back then. And I just wanted to go and like network and hopefully meet somebody so I could get a job when I graduated. And uh, I had saved my money for like two years ago to this. Like, literally, like, 10, 15 bucks a month putting it in, like, an envelope for that day, like, when I would go. And so, booked the tickets, applied. They let me in with street-level gaming. Like, my website was good enough to get me in. I was totally stoked. And uh, packed it all up. I had talked to my friends about it forever because all my friends in college were huge gamers. They are like, oh, it's so awesome. You're going back again. Um, go to the airport. Waiting at the gate. They call my flight. I go get on the plane. I sit down on the plane, and I tap my, my uh, pockets, and my wallet is gone. And I had all cash. All the money I had saved. <laughs> all in cash. And I look 
out the little portal of the airplane and I can see my wallet sitting on a chair. It had fallen out of my pocket and I could see it at the gate. And there we're like taxiing out and I literally ripped off my seatbelt and ran to the front of the airplane. And I was like, I don't, she's like, sit down, sit down. I'm like, no. I'm like, my wallet is right there. And she's like, oh, okay. She's like, just sit down. I'll radio back and have them like get the wallet for you. I'm like, okay, okay. So I sit down, they keep taxiing. I'm like peeking at the last little (laughs) edge of the window to see if my wallet is still there. And the last frame I had of it, I can still see the wallet sitting on the chair. I see her get on her radio. She's like, the young man here, and I was a young man then, and I was scared, crapless. It's like, the young man here, he left his wallet. We could see it through the window, still sitting on the chair. And, and she's like, okay, they got it, and it's all good. And I'm like, hallelujah. Like, I saved two years for this. So basically what happens, like, the whole way we're flying over, she's coming up to me reassuring me. I've made a remaining contact with back at the gate, and they put it in a safe box. Your wallet's going to be on the next flight, so when you get there, you're just going to sit there for like two hours and wait for the next flight from Philadelphia to come into LAX. And I was like, thank God, thank you so much, blah, 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 blah. Like a couple guys on the flight were like, you know, just in case you need some money to eat something, like a guy gave me like 20 bucks. Like people were very awesome about it. I get to the to LAX, I land. I've never been in LA before. Like I literally just flew like 3,000 miles all by myself. Like people thought I was crazy for doing this in the first place. This story's going on way too long. Anyway, I wait. The wallet never shows up. Mm. Ever. Ever. <laughs> it never shows up. I sat there for 10 hours waiting for that wallet to show up. It never shows up. I call Continental Airlines. I'm like, what's going on? They're like, oh, we've got it. It just won't, it, you know, go to your hotel or whatever. Dude, I had to bum money from people at the airport to get a cab to my crappy red roof in <laughs> I called my mom and I was like an adult at this point and like my or like you know 21 or whatever 20 I'm like I have no money and I told her the story she felt so bad she wired me money I had to walk through the ghetto in UCLA to get to the place where they wired the money like it was the only place she chose some weird wiring place and like it was insane, dude. Long story short. Yeah, the area around I USC. USC. The area around USC back then was, I remember one of the first assignments I ever had was to draw, we had to go down for a symposium on games as art at USC in January 2001. And I, I'd never been in that, I'd been to LA before, but I'd never been to that part of LA. And I remember yeah. driving around like USC to get around to the entrance. And like the guy I was driving with goes, is that car on fire over yeah, there? Like yeah. it, was, it, was a, it was a rough part of town. Well, I had lived in North Philadelphia for college at Temple like that whole time. So the, the neighborhood didn't even really bother me. But I did notice that I'm like, I'm going to pick up this wired money as, you know, someone right. who stands out in the neighborhood or whatever. Like it was a bad idea. So anyway, I never got my money back. My girlfriend at the time went to the airport and they said, we have the wallet. But they made a slam, some lame excuse why they couldn't give it to it. She goes to get it. Guess the wallet? All the money's gone. Wow. Continental Airlines stole like <laughs> $3,000 from me. And I've never flown them since. Ever. And I never will. I don't know if they exist anymore. But I will I never know, fly I still Continental Airlines. They stole money I spent two years saving. Wow. So basically, there was a Domino's next to the red roof that I was staying at. I bought large pizzas like three of them and lived off pizza the whole e3 wow dude (laughs) 
You but, got you got some stories. Oh, man. I have like nothing that bad has ever happened to me oh, on a trip man. ever. Man, there are stories I cannot tell on camera. Let me tell you, lots <laughs> of them. All right, so let's answer one or two more questions here. We're getting up there with time. I'm sorry that story took way too long. I should I need to figure out like a truncated version of it. But you lose a little bit of the drama if you don't tell the whole like sitting on the plane part of it. Oh, Shane, who do you think will win the Conn Smythe Award? Uh, the Penguins win Sidney Crosby. I don't think he deserves it, though. I think Phil Kessel deserves it. I think they'll give it to Crosby. If the Sharks win, Martin Jones, hands down. I hate that guy. Hmm. <laughs> Hill 104 asks if I think a no man would a no man sky PSVR announcement make me happy and would I consider buying a PSVR headset if they did I already have a PSVR headset pre-ordered I don't know if I'm going to keep it but I do have a pre-order on Amazon because uh, Ace Combat 7 has my attention so I am kind of hoping for some Ace Combat 7 news uh, no man's sky uh, in VR maybe I don't know. That game has to be good first. So, we'll, we'll see. If it's good, yeah, I'd like to play it in VR. But I would probably just play it on, like, Oculus or Vive, because I think I'm going to end up playing the, the PC version of that more than anything else. Oh, the Pactor Party winner. Snowpiercer brought this up. And someone was saying they don't see Snowpiercer in the chat. Well, that's because that's not actually the, his name in the chat. It's like Transpiration. Transpersonage <laughs> or what I, I... Yeah, so we... we Select. We're Americans. We don't know. We don't know these other languages. Yeah. So we uh, we selected the winner, and we messaged him on the website and sent him four emails, and he's never replied. Not uh, only does he get, have tickets waiting to Packers party, he has a swag bag with like three full, free games and like a couple T-shirts and like he won't reply to us. And so we're in this weird position where Packers party is in like four days, and we have these two tickets, and he. It's like, what do we do? Like, how long do you wait? It's like, you don't want to just, like, give it to somebody else because somebody did win it. It's like, I don't know what to do about it. We're actually at a weird impasse with that whole thing. Like, and because we have such limited information for all our users, like, this is where it bites us in the butt that we don't collect, like, user information because we can actually give mm -hmm. somebody something they probably want. Uh, but we cannot get a hold of the winner. So I guess worst case scenario, we would try to give the tickets for the party to somebody else. Uh, no matter what, we want to get try to get the swag bag to the person who won. So I guess <coughs> that's the best way I can answer it. Right. But yeah, the guys will not reply to emails, uh, direct messages on Sifted, nothing. It's just like complete radio silence. Hmm. Uh, is there one more? Give um, me his tickets. I'm in L.A. Rewind Play Labs. Well, you know what? If it comes down to it and we cannot give it to somebody who can make it here in time, then we might consider that. So... Uh, how about, uh, Furikuri Killa? What's been the oddest or greatest tchotchke you've ever snagged at E3? Oh, gosh. Wait, oddest or what? Oddest or greatest. Greatest. Uh, I got, like, a extreme, at E3 1999, I got an extremely rare Pikachu card. Hmm. That literally, they gave out, I think they said they had a stack of like a hundred of them. And I just happened to be there when like the girl came out and handed them out. It's like gold star. So, I mean, they're worth like $600 now or something like that. And I cannot find the card. <laughs> I can't find it. I have no idea wow. where it is. I have a Pokemon card somewhere worth $600 and I cannot find it. I had put it in a place. I thought I knew where it was. I went to look at it longingly. Can't find it. 
But as far as like value, that's the most valuable thing I was given at E3 by a mile. Um, I think the greatest thing... That was when Pokemon was just launching, by the way. Yeah. Like, that was like, hey, here's this new thing we have called Pokemon. I looked at the card, I'm like, what the hell is this yellow rat thing? Like, <laughs> now, it's worth $600. Always keep the Nintendo stuff safe. Yeah. It's going to be worth something. Uh, my thing would be, um, I think it was probably 2001... 2001, I think. I went to do an interview for Extended Play uh, with uh, Working Designs, back when Working Designs still existed. Yeah. And um, maybe it was 2000. It was in there. But uh, did an interview with Victor Ireland, who was the head of Working Design, the guy, who, you know, the founder and head of Working Designs. And talk, we talked about because I was a big Working Designs fan on you know Sega CD and everything. And I told him I have every Working Designs game you've ever published. Saturn, everything except one, which was Cosmic Fantasy 2, because I never had a, I didn't have a TurboGrafx CD until later, and I could never find a copy of that. Uh, so I, but I, all the others, I'd collected all the other Working Designs games, and he's like, oh wow, that's really you know cool. It's like good to meet fans and stuff. And he and he left. He got up and left, and I was talking to their PR woman, and like we were kind of like exchanging email stuff because we that was back in the day when you needed to get an actual tape of B-roll of the game. Like yeah. they had to give you an actual beta cassette, and we would have to take. Bags and bags of beta cassettes back to San Francisco and pull the B roll in. Put them in a tape yeah. and then digitize them. And, and while we're doing that, Vic, Victor, Vic Ireland comes back in the room and hands me a sealed copy of Cosmic Fantasy 2. And Ooh, yeah. I was like, what? And he's like, yeah. I keep all our whole library on site just in case something like this happens. And I'm just like, wow. And like, <laughs> like so that was, that's probably the coolest thing I ever yeah. got at, e, at E3. I mean, it's kind of a, not really the, the thing itself isn't like valuable to everybody, but to yeah. me, that was like, the most amazing thing that this guy who made all these games I loved or translated all these games I loved came back and was like, here, let me complete your collection for you. So, yeah. Cosmic also, Fantasy 2. Also, at that E399, there was uh, Eternal Darkness on the N64. Yes, I played that. Yeah. Yeah. On the N64. It was like a three-room demo mm-hmm. where you just went up this clock tower up to the top and there was like birds up there. Yeah. It was, it was <laughs> very, very little to indicate what it would become. Yeah. It was really crazy. Uh, so, I think that's it. We're kind of running out of time here. We've been... Uh, Rocking from us three hours now, which is actually at this point like a requisite episode of Game yeah. Face. But before we go, we have some very, very important business to handle, and that is the list of sifted elite members who have been added since we were robbed. Without you folks, we would not be sitting here right now. That monitor that Sam is using right now, you paid for it. This soundboard that's sitting here right now, you paid for it. Thank you. I'm tearing up a little bit. <laughs> like, thank you so much. It, uh, I can't say it enough. I don't even know how to express it, how thankful I am for what you people did. Um, not even just, like, um, our users, but just random people donated us money. And unfortunately, like, the way our payments were set up is, like, if they weren't registered on Sifted, we didn't know who they were at all. Like, in our database, it just says non-user and some of these people who aren't even members of Sifted came and donated like $200, $300. Like, it's just unbelievable. So thank you. And I want to do what I can here, just give you a little bit of recognition. These are the new members of Sifted Elite since uh, the robbery happened. And then we got Mark. We got Kevin Holdsworth. We got Deu Sex. 
We got Vox 91. We got Burko's wife. I like that. <laughs> I like that Burko got his wife involved. I even saw like a message from her. Really appreciate that. Good to get some diversity on the site. Christos, Diablos, Tosca, Kevin O, Ryan, Jonathan, Sasson, Talik, Zero Kaiser, Thomas Thorson, Nefrit, J. Lynn, BK1620, Ron Zide, TV Hardy, Demoas, oh dear, <laughs> Stolte, there's a 69. I knew we'd have to have a 69 on the site somewhere. <laughs> there's always one. Kenneran, Victor Dubai, Cell Cow, Wacky Tacky, Deceed, Toppy, Digital Noodle, Ethernaut Zeta, James H. Mucon 7, Nexus 6, McKeaton, Dan Dave Taylor, the man with three first names, <laughs> Kadaz. Uh, is that Chubby or Chub? I don't know, or Chubby. Chubby. Yeah. <laughs> The Comic Book Gamer Guy, Slagathor, Red Dragon 220, M Man 11111, Mouse Lol 5, Panda Stick. <laughs> That's a good one. Panda Stick. Rodrigo Garfias, Pain of Demise, X Actress, Robbins. <laughs> a famous guy. Akedia, Double Zero, Mujo, Malakor, Arduenas, 815. Okay, those are the elites. Now, we have a whole other list for Sifted Elite All-Stars. These are the people who gave us a lot of money. And I, man, you guys are freaking awesome. Nefarious Duck, Wally, TV Hardy, Bentley. Bentley, by the way, is a brand new Sifted employee. Really? Just started today. Yep, he will be curating over E3, so show him some love. He should have his staff tag uh, on the site going forward, so keep an eye out for him. Stealthy, Zet Saber, Wind Waker, Dyson XP, Robert Haggis, Cornelius Zorn. Robust Haggis. Robust Haggis, my apologies. Cornelius Zorn, Barefoot Rat. Kenorin, J underscore M, Mr. Sweet. The Stand User, Ryan. The Incomparable, Vin Hill. Grand Theft Gator, Best Jeffy, Lazy Gamer, Toshman666. Ronzai, Jor, Salvatron, M. Shane Clark, Nick, Rigor Mortis, Sal Sir Ralphus, Digital Noodle, OMG Mr. T. <laughs> KDE Bolt and Solarcan. Yeah! You guys are freaking awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Yes! We have the best community on the freaking internet, man. I'm not just saying that. It's not even close. Show me another website that's better people than these people. There isn't one. So thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I can't say it enough. Um, place is still kind of in shambles uh, like we have no set really like they took everything for our set uh though we do have the equipment i am taking it out of here tonight which really sucks like our, yeah. our landlord still hasn't installed the steel door on the front we have like the new like locks and everything uh, i just don't feel comfortable leaving anything here, here well, right i think now. we've proven that the locks don't necessarily matter if you well, have he... a giant spinning razor blade yeah, yeah exactly he did put, like, steel plates in or whatever, but until they get the front door done, I'm not leaving anything here. But it's totally worth it. You know, if anything, 
it's a bitch getting this show together today, to be honest. <laughs> like, it was hard. But, you know, I just kept thinking the whole time that, like, what all the things that people have done for us over the last week and a half, like, no matter what it took, we needed to get a show out there. So that's what we did. It's not ideal. We had one camera. Thanks, Sam, for hooking us up with that. Um, but we made it happen. And so thank you for your support. Uh, cannot wait to hang out with you guys for E3. Matt, Sam, and I are going to be hanging out with you guys for every press conference. Uh, we'll be doing pre-shows before a press conference. We'll be hanging out with you guys while the press conference is going on. And then we'll do like a 30-minute post-show after every single one. So like I said, look out for the full E3 plan on the site tomorrow. Everybody have an excellent weekend. And if you guys stuck around with us on your Friday night to hang out with us, that's amazing. So everyone have a great Friday, great Saturday. We'll see you Sunday for E3 because it is on. Game Face is up and out.